Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast. And what do you know? It's been a big week in gaming. I'm into God for episode 75 on this Sunday, the 3rd of April, 2022. In this week's show, we'll be discussing Sony revealing their revamped PlayStation Plus service, Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 getting delayed to next year, E3 2022 gets its final nail in its coffin, and we take a look at the legendary SNES classic Chrono Trigger. As always, I'm joined by Mike. Hello, and fuck the internet. Life is better without it. <laughs> and Swinny. I can't top that one. Also, people won't understand without the context of <laughs> listening to the stream rather than the start of the show. But if you do want to check out our stream, go to bigwigpod.com and you can see all the links or check out the description. All right, I've got to address the elephant in the room. Can we talk about Will Smith? This is what the whole podcast is going to be about now. <laughs> Can I just say it one way to make it framed around gaming? So when two years ago, Joseph Farris was at the Game Awards and he's like, fuck the Oscars, fuck them. Gaming is so much better than the Oscars. I'm like, oh, this is embarrassing for gaming. Now, <laughs> this would never happen at the Oscars. Now, somehow they've topped him. <laughs> they've fucking topped him so hard. And he actually looks more sane than they do. It's amazing. It is one of those moments that I just in pop culture that I think is just unforgettable now mm. for all the wrong reasons, but yeah, the amount of the amount of memes and funny jokes that have come out of it have entertained <laughs> me endlessly. Um, I will I will completely admit it is a. Uh, as uh, someone has put it, the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, so, it's Joe. It's wild. It's so wild. And we haven't seen the end of it. That's the amazing thing. It's going to go on for a while. So, the, look, the fact that he went on to win the Oscar is just the <sighs> one of the most... That's the cherry on the top of that bizarre moment. Um, the biggest thing, because, you know, I love film and TV. I don't watch the Oscars anymore, but I must admit, I almost always know who's won, who's, like, won the actress, actor, supporting actress, actor, best film. Don't tell me who it is, but... I legitimately do not know. If someone said, here's a million bucks, just tell me who won best film. I, I have no idea. Like, it it swallowed all the media mm. about the Oscars. And I think, like, ultimately, that's actually going to be one of the most damning things about it. Like, you can never get those moments back for those people. Like, I didn't even know that Quest Love won an Oscar until, like, later. I was like, holy shit, Quest Love won an Oscar? That's crazy. Don't even know who that is. Oh, okay. It's even crazier. <laughs> I don't like, if I, I think about it, I don't even know what films came I'm, out in the last I'm, year. I'm with you on that one, Mike. I'm, I'm oh, you don't know Quest Love either. Alone. Oh my no, god! No, okay. I just sat here and pretended to the Roots. Look it up. Okay. Quest. Yeah. Oh, What's he's in the Roots. Okay, he's the he's the lead okay. for the Roots. Oh, yeah. So he's the band lead. Okay. But anyway, right. um, yeah, no. So I think that was like, and obviously it's crazy what happened. Like it's it's almost unfathomable. And one of the best moments, and the last thing I want to say about it, is when Chris Rock. He's, he, I can't remember exactly the words. He goes, I could, or I want to, or I could say, you know, he, he was ready to go, oh, I could just say 50 jokes right now that are like a thousand times worse than... Demi should have. Then, oh, Demi Moore, who looks incredible, right, in G.I. Jane, like, oh, it's G.I. Jane too. What an insult. Like, wow. Out of all the things that you could hear from her as well. But yeah, wow, that, that, was, uh, that was a crazy moment. 
Hey, Wait. speaking of crazy moments, just real quick. Yes. Uh, my girlfriend was driving today and she starts hearing on the radio, shut up. <laughs> so she calls me. She's like, hey, someone's ripping off your song. What's going on on the radio? That's awesome. That is actually funny. That's kind of cool. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. It would sli- sound slightly different because uh, for anyone that doesn't know, although mm. I think it's obvious, Part of the intro song is me, and part of the intro song is the original voice. Um, so it's kind of like there's two. It's a mix of the original and and something we've done. But and yeah, it's been what's it's been seventy five plus episodes because we've obviously used it for a couple of interstitial episodes. Yeah. and I still like it. I still enjoy it. Maybe yeah, one day we'll need to change it. But I, I still think it holds up. <laughs> I just awesome. think it kind of would be funny if we got like copyrights struck down like for <laughs> every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I have to take everything offline because it's I think just, it'll just get muted. So it's probably not the end. Of just the, the clips would remain. The clips that's true. That that's true. But we should say it is um, from Triple M Melbourne. Uh, shut up! Yeah, that's what I heard it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. What is it? Shut up! The footy's on the radio. Something. The footy's tis- on the radio. Yeah. It's Tism. This tis- is serious. Well, yeah. Now. Sorry, Tism. But no, yeah. I, I think Tism actually made it for Triple M, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. but it's Tism. I just want to. But the thing great, is, great Melbourne band. We are referencing the '90s version of it because, and the and the aughts because. They've changed it now, Sweeney. I don't know if you've heard Triple M recently, oh, no. but they've sped it up. It's like the TikTok generation. It's faster now. It's like shut up, footies on the ra-. it's like super compressed. It's horrible. Interesting. So yeah. But anyway, let's get back to the show. So, how are we all tracking? This is our question of the week. How are we all tracking on our 2022 gaming resolutions? I think last year we did this check in, and Mike and I were already out by the time that it were like quarter of the way through. Mm. How are we tracking now? Do you want me to zip through mine or? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. All right, so I need to finish the story of Ring Fit Adventure. I haven't played it that much, so you know, how, it'd be iffy. I need to. That, what is that much? Can I ask how how oh, much I've, time? I've do finished you think one or two more worlds. Okay, okay, and I'm okay. up to world yeah. now fifteen or sixteen, so I'm about halfway through the game. So. Okay. It's not too bad. I, it's definitely manageable. The other one is keeping a positive ratio of games completed. So how many games I've completed div- divided by how many games I've bought. Uh, so I've bought Elden Ring and beaten it. Have I beaten any other games? Chrono Trigger I beat this year. Mm-hmm. That's two games. I think I've only beaten two games. <laughs> I'm not sure. Have I beaten more? I'm not sure. How many How many games have you bought other than Elden Ring? Oh, Elden Ring uh, Triangle Strategy. Uh, not, not any others. I don't think any others. Well, you're doing pretty well. So <laughs> not funny. Really good. Don't play yeah. games. That's, a, that's a, Don't buy <laughs> or play games. Wow. And this is the trickiest one. So I need to significantly play all of the 2022 Game Awards nominees. Well, you've you've done one of them. Yeah, the, you know, Elden like, Ring's a lot. If, if Elden Ring didn't get nominated, that, that's it. Like, I'd be I, shocked. I think yeah. Elden Ring's a complete lock. I think unless Starfield launches in a bad state, I think if mm. if Starfield launches and it's like exactly like Skyrim and people go, oh, it's 10 years dated or whatever, I still think it will be a lock for mm. for, oh, for, sure. for top six. I'm definitely going to play that. Play it. Yeah. Uh, God of War Ragnarok, if that comes out this year, I feel like that's a lock. Mm. But I don't think it's going to come out this year. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy, if that comes out this year, I feel like that's going to be a lock now. The media is going crazy about that game. Mm-hmm. The one that I'm not sure about is Horizon Forbidden West. And it's kind mm-hmm. of a lengthy game. Have you beaten the length- first one? No. Nah. Okay. Oh, well, mm. that's actually the thing is like you don't have to complete them all. No, no. You, but you have yeah. to play like you know, 70% played. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, but just go through the story. It's 
I think this probably padded with a bunch of side stuff. Like you finished yeah. Elden Ring way quicker than myself and probably quicker than Swinny's going to mm, finish it. Than so, yeah, yeah. Well, you've already played it more than right. I have, I think. <laughs> we'll check in I think shortly. I've played there. it more than I have, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm tracking that. How, how about you, Mike? Do you, have you got them up in front <laughs> of you? Thank, thankfully, you put them there because otherwise I probably would have forgotten all my <laughs> resolutions. Uh, well, actually, I remember two. I forgot the third one, but I remember <laughs> it now. Uh, so finishing Mass Effect Andromeda. Ooh, let's see. That's a tough one. I started, I, I really got into it, really got into it as in I really got into playing it. I did not get into the game. I have to admit, I just wasn't enjoying it. <laughs> but you have to beat it All now. that much. But not, yeah. And it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, why'd you do this? I'm only, well, why'd I do that? I'm only doing it because I feel like I have to do that. Not because I'm actually enjoying this game. <laughs> it's, it's weird. I liked it at the very beginning and then. Sort of once you start going to a few planets and whatnot, I don't know. I just it didn't click. Didn't click mm. with me. So we'll see. Might still finish it. Um, finish The Witcher Three: Wild Hunt. So that's still scheduled. That's just the story. What I yeah, the story. It's gonna mm. be like Elden Ring. I'm just I, I don't just finish the stories in these games. I explore everything and then I get to the story. Because did you so, ever beat the story in uh, Skyrim? Yeah. Oh, did. you did for the show. Yeah, okay, finally okay. did after hundreds that's of hours funny. in that game. That's funny. Uh, but with that one, because of the update that's coming out, I'm just waiting till till the update, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it. Um, and then the other one is finish sense. Modern Day's Assassin's Creed game. So I purchased one. If that's anything to go by, so <laughs> Which I, one did you I buy? got the. I think it was the Ultimate Edition or something, or one of the editions with all the thing of Odyssey. Yeah, ah, I figured it's probably the, the best Assassin's Creed game according yeah. to Big Rig in Gaming. Well, I'd, I had yeah, Valhalla, but for some reason I felt more inclined to play that so okay yeah, going back to that so uh, not tracking very well though i haven't even <laughs> well i started it ages ago before this resolution came about but yeah. i haven't restarted it so we'll see how it goes. not to get too crazy we've also rated we've given a, a point value to each of these and yours oh, is the lowest point it's one point on each <laughs> i can't even and do I, that i'm really I, bad with doing that i will gamble that you would not beat andromeda <sighs> Probably. I'll or, be honest with or you. Or Assassin's way... Creed. I'm going to say Assassin's Creed and Andromeda. Although the story is pretty quick, I'm guessing. In I Odyssey. feel like Assassin's Creed's a much, much higher chance. Oh, it's not. Andromeda? Okay. It's uh, not, actually. Uh, it's not. No. It's like 50 hours to beat yeah, the story. And... <laughs> also, with, <laughs> with Odyssey, uh, you'll find that you can probably bump it all the way down to an easy difficulty, but... Mm. He doesn't um, do that. The way that the mm-hmm. leveling works is if you don't do any side content at all, <laughs> you'll struggle a bit, like, awesome. difficulty-wise. So, yeah, so the balance did that okay. way, but anyway. I'll say it like this, Mike. There's no chance you're going to beat Assassin's Creed or Andromeda. You will beat Wild Hunt. I'll give you that. That, I reckon I definitely will. I mean, it's funny because there's still, you know, nine months left, but... It doesn't matter. No. Can we give him more that. points, Swinney? Eight months. Okay, let's bump Shit. his points up because it's no, 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 no. This isn't put this two isn't, points. I don't I'm need doing a... it on the fly. Pitchy pointage. <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> All right. How about you, Swinney? Can I can I win with the new points? No, no, no. We established it's, that. It's so there's no point. Comp- it's not a competition. <laughs> of course, it is a competition. Are you kidding me? <laughs> to you guys, maybe. Um, so for me, my first one, uh, my first resolution was to try out every game on that's added to Xbox Game Pass this year, and. <laughs> It's this one was surprisingly like we had the, this as the lowest point value in mine, and it's probably been the most challenging because it's just there's so many games being added, and it's just honestly the challenge is keeping track of it and just keeping on top of them. Um, I'm gonna so, change it on the fly as well. I'm bumping this up to a three, and then the Dark Souls of, one to a four. Of the 
47 games, give or take, because that's just currently the list I've got that says 47 games have been added. Mm. I've played 34 of them. Wow. That's so pretty good. That's insane, I, dude. I did catch up quite a bit this week. Um, and by the end of this show, probably talked about maybe 20 of them on the show, but that's not the metric anymore. Like, we scrapped that yeah, it was right away. Yeah. Well, it's also because it's like, then I'll literally overtake the show. So, um, and... The one thing I've got to remember is I've got to make sure I don't leave games on the back burner because they could get removed. And then I've probably <laughs> no way then for me to screwed. complete yeah, it. You're done. You have screwed. to buy it. <laughs> That's true. I would have to buy it. So, um, That'd be awesome. Anyway, honestly, most of the games I've left on the back burner are games I actually want to play, and mm. I'm just kind of waiting for them to be patched a bit and stuff. So, so how many have they added this year already? Did you say 30? No, about thirty, uh, 40, about I mean. forty-seven. But that's wow. not counting a couple that I don't that I don't have as part of my criteria. For instance, ones that I've already played. Okay, yeah. and yeah. Um, that's EA Sports actually, titles. EA Sports titles, but I don't think they've added. I think they've added one, but I've actually already played it, which okay. is technically F one twenty twenty one. I thought they um, added Madden as well. Madden twenty two. Oh, that one I don't know. Maybe that has been added already. Or yeah, not. but it's not mm. counted anyway. Yeah, so it's quite anyway. a lot of titles when you yeah. think about it. No, it's crazy. Like, right? One every three days or something. Yeah, you have so to play. not going too mm. bad. Just so I got to make up some lost ground. Um, the second one is complete my P- PlayStation pile of <laughs> shame, of which, is, yeah, oh, like which is 13, 13 PlayStation console exclusive games, and it could be from PS3, PS4, PS5, whatever. Just oh, games I mean, that I want to complete. Yeah, and yeah. of the 13 i've completed two that's actually pretty good um so i'm a bit bit behind but honestly the adult the, the one two punch of elix 2 and elden ring mm. means that oh, if i planned on playing uncharted 2 which was the next one i was going to play it's kind of i haven't had time so can, can i say swinney maybe one of the stories on the show i think our starting story could nicely link in with this uh second resolution potentially mm. um there's, a, the there's last... a little hint for the audience a little breadcrumb there <laughs> And the last one was complete a Soul Level 1 run of Dark Souls, which is not staying at Level 1 the whole game. And yeah, I did that earlier in the year, so that one was marked off. I actually want to try that now. I just want, I recommend like, it. I don't think I'll be able to be there because, like you, you said that that SNO fight you can't take a hit or no. Well, SNO like, you can, it, yeah. you can, but like it's that's the that's the hardest part it's of the probably whole. Probably the best way to easy. play it to do it yeah. where you don't get a hit, Sorry. but that's pretty crazy. Yeah. All right, well that's that's good fun. I think a lot more realistic this year. Our resolutions. I mean, <laughs> like they're all pretty insane to be honest, in one way or the other. So. All right, let's jump into what we've been playing. And Mike, what have you been playing this week? Uh, Elden Ring. That's it. Yourself? <laughs> no, uh, well, no. Look at the run sheet. <laughs> well, that's it. We'll talk about it. Where are you off to? Uh, How many hours in are you? Uh, about 100, I think. Whoa, shit. S- something like that. I don't know, just under maybe. And yeah, I, I mean... Not much else to say. That's all, that. That's the only thing I managed to play. So, yeah. how's it sitting with you so far <laughs> in terms of your best games of all time? Oh, absolutely up there. Still, mm. still totally up there. I just, I, I do feel after you know a hundred odd hours, you feel a little bit burnt out. But at the same time, there's still <laughs> there's down. still so much to explore that it's weird. Most games you kind of go, ah, screw this game. Mm. Whereas with this, I'm still looking forward to seeing what's coming up next. Mm. Uh, the area that I'm currently in, which I don't want to give spoilers away, but it's got a lot of fog. 
There's a, it, there's a bit of a storm going on. I like how he just tries to spoil it for you, Svenny. Well, I can't. No, it doesn't spoil it because you won't know about the error or anything. Point is, visibility is pretty poor and it's not the most fun areas. And that's well, all I they, can say about it. So it's like the opening learn, of the didn't learn from. They didn't learn from Dark Souls 2's Horsefuck Valley, that is one of the most wild areas in <laughs> Souls games, which is a snowy, foggy area. So that's probably why they included this one too, just to fuck with people. But yeah, so pretty good. You've been playing it as well, right? Into God? No, no, I'm playing. Look at the run sheet. I'm oh, sorry, it at all. Sweetie, you've been playing it. I, I beat it the other week, and then <laughs> you weren't on the show. Um, That's right. And then I put it he's down. Not, he's not up to canon with the show. <laughs> yeah, no, he's no, 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 no. I do canon. remember not that. Speed for, for, he's for got his own head I, I, I looked at the run sheet, and I thought you were up next. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Sweetie, you, you'll be. Wait, wait, it. wait! I want to. <laughs> I wanted to say something about it. Um, but like, I have to say putting it down and I actually got my neighbor to start playing Elden Ring. <laughs> mm. I'm like, you got to play this game, man. It's freaking awesome. He doesn't play those games normally. And he's like addicted. He's like farming and like leveling up. He's only 20 hours in and he's level 70. What? I'm like, are you just farming? <laughs> the well, clearly. But that, he goes, yeah. I'm trying to make the game easier. <laughs> I'm like, Ugh. it, it kind of doesn't though, dude. Uh, that's what I find. Yeah. Even after all these hours and I don't know what level I am, but it's, it's it'd be pretty high up. You can still get completely decimated by a lot of enemies because maybe, maybe because I don't know if it's because I haven't been putting any points into strength, and that's the one that gives you a whole bunch of physical defenses and stuff. Mm. But whatever the case may be, I can still get completely smashed if I'm not careful with really high level armor, high poise, yeah. high everything. It's not you. Yeah, you don't become OP like in Skyrim and any of those other games. You still have to be super careful. And oh you die yeah, just as much as at the start. That, yeah. Yeah, so which I like. I think it's cool because it always keeps you sort of on the edge. The one one thing I I will say though is I have it's you know all that time wasn't necessarily all game time. I was probably sitting idle or just left the PlayStation or whatever quite a bit sometimes because I just go and do something else. And then I come back uh, while resting at uh, a, a side of grace. But I have been experimenting a lot with different weapons, mm. so I didn't want to sort of stick with just a build. And because you can respec in the game, I've respect a few times and tried. All sorts of different things, from magic to uh, incantations, um, bleed builds, arcane builds, all sorts of stuff. And I think it just makes the game way more interesting than just sticking with one thing for the entire thing. So that's been kind of cool and fun. Mm. How about you, Swinny? Yeah, so Elden Ring is easily the game I put the most time into this week. I'm actually not going to talk too long about it because kind of going to defer my time till probably next week to spend a bit... when. Because I'm basically I'm at a point where I actually put the game down for a few days just mm. because I, I I did put a lot of time into it. But just how many hours have you put into it? Uh, I don't know at the moment. Oh, okay. So even um, ballpark, no, maybe like I just don't 70, know. 80? Look, it's it's at least seventy. I yeah, know yeah. That. Um, wow, that's nearly as much. It's more than me. It's more than me. Yeah, but look, I did get I did get a bit burnt out with the game. Yeah, um, it's. Because the game is so high quality, but it's like, it's almost like, you know, when you like have a super rich chocolate cake and it feels like mm. too much mm. at the time. Sometimes it felt like that where I'm like, okay, I'll go in this area and there's like all these ways to go. And I'm like, oh, look. It's too much to explore. Yeah, it's yeah. All, it, is, it is overwhelming. I mentioned that last week. So I took a break for a few days, um, played a, you know, a bunch of Game Pass games and some other games as well. Um, and I'd also, during that, one of the reasons I took a break was because I hit a couple of barriers that I hadn't previously yet, and I realized that the way I was approaching the game and my build wasn't that great, so I mm. kind of also felt, I got myself a 
a really cool weapon that suits my build and everything. That's made what things build? a lot better. What are you using? Sorry, I'm I'm an arcane build. So, oh yeah. Um, and basically, what that's that's helped a lot because I started playing it again today, and um, the weapon's just really really fun. I'll talk probably offline about what it is. Yeah, that's um, cool. I wonder how much. But yeah, so I'll, I'll talk a bit more about it next next week. Um, well, last thing I want to so, say on that is lucky that you didn't play it from the start because the arcane builds were all broken at the start. Mm, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, so <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But I can understand if you're getting burnt out, especially if you're playing it like six hours a day or something like that. Like that's a, that's super intense. So. I feel like it's more than that on average if it's seventy hours a day. I'm, Look, I'm just I, being I nice. don't know. All all <laughs> I know is that also you know like this, and I'll talk a bit more about this in the future. But there are some areas of that game that I don't feel are that great, and I oh. think that's also why, um, like some specific locations. I mean, and I was like, okay, I think. I got burned out because I tried to force myself through that at the time. Oh, okay. So, anyway, Kaled, I'm I'm super keen to. I wonder. <laughs> I'm super keen to talk like review of that game in whatever it is three weeks, a month, or whatever. That's Oop. gonna be interesting chat. But mm-hmm. that's not the only thing I've been playing the last no. couple of weeks. So um, I was gonna talk about this last week, but because we spent like an hour talking about Elden Ring, uh, we deferred at the start it. of the show. I'm gonna talk about some Game Pass games cool. that I've been playing. As part of my resolution, but also some that I just wanted to try out. And the first one is definitely Falls in That Bucket, which is a game that Mike is familiar with called Paradise Killer. So for anyone that's not familiar with Paradise Killer, it's basically, it's it's a game that is so hard to describe in many mm. ways. But basically, it's like a crazy acid trip de- detective game where you move around in first person around this crazy, fantastical world and you're trying to solve basically, um, you know, a series of murders and, and all these other cool little uh, mysteries going on. Now, I haven't put... I'm still pretty early. I'll probably only play the game for a couple of hours, but this game is probably one of the most, like, creatively inspired games I've ever played. It is just so wild. It's very... To me, it's got vibes of, like, Killer 7. It's very, like, Suda 51 in many ways, where especially the audio design and, like, really distorted voices in a certain way... But it's so off the wall that I could see a lot of people, even then straight away, just being like, this is not my thing. Like, it is so, like, all the characters are just really weird. All the names are weird. Everything about this game is weird. Um, so it's a lot to take in. But I'm, I'm enjoying it. I haven't gotten, I probably haven't seen all of the systems in terms of, like, the, de- the detective part of it. I've spent a lot of my time just walking around this cool world and finding finding items and unlocking shortcuts and stuff like that. But I have no idea what the fuck is going on in this game. <laughs> and Mike, I don't know if you ever... Did you complete this game? No, I haven't completed it yet. It is just the most of... bizarre game. And, like, all I know is, like, there's this sidekick or it's kind of like a sidekick that's, like, some crazy blue fox from hell with four arms and emoji covering his crotch and his fingers are blurred, like, censored and he explodes after you talk to him. It's just so weird. It's so weird, but... I'm, I'm only familiar with it by seeing the B-roll, and I was flicking through to find, like, okay, when am I going to cut in? And I'm like, what is this game? <laughs> like, it's, it's so weird. It's so hard to describe how... What it's showing you on the screen is so seemingly random. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> but this game has fucking amazing music. Mm. It has... it Like, no, no hyperbole, this might be one of the best soundtracks. Of all time, it's that good. To all me. time, Jesus, that's yeah, a it is really good. Yeah, it is that good, good to me. Who did the soundtrack? Um, 
I don't know the art. I did look it up, but I can't remember off the top Barry of my head. Barry Topping. Um, all I know is that it's so good. Like almost every chat track, like it's so good that they actually have dedicated music buttons on the D pad to swap the music tracks. They know that's that. <laughs> so, but uh, this is one of the Game Pass games I will keep playing. So, interesting. And the next one is one that I will not keep playing. It's called The Last Kids on Earth and the Staff of Doom. So I, like a few of the Game Pass games that I've played, I had no idea what this was. I installed yeah, it. Four. I loaded it up and I'm like, just just impress me basically. Like that was that's the whole point of this resolution <laughs> is to try new things. And if the game impresses me, then I'll keep playing it. I keep right? playing you. <laughs> um, and this game did not impress me, I will say that. It is basically, to me, it's kind of... It's, not exactly the same, but it reminds me a bit of uh, Zombies Ain't My Neighbors on the Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah. In terms of it That's being good. top down, mm, it's reminiscent. Okay. I don't think it's, it definitely hasn't got the, uh, the, the coolness to that game. But basically, it's like a top down action game that is kind of like it feels like a twin stick shooter, but it's not a twin stick shooter, if that makes sense mechanically. But you've got multiple characters you can swap between, and they've got different abilities. And I just. Look, it's not horrible. It just feels really uninspired, and especially coming off the back of something like Paradise Killer, which is the most inspired game yeah, I've probably ever harsh. played. It is harsh, but it's also a game where it just feels like there, there just wasn't anything. No, there was mm. no hook. It was like a, the most generic song you hear on the radio, but there's no hook to it. So, I very forgettable to me. Um, and yeah, so it's, every now and then you won't you'll get games you don't like at Game Pass. Yeah, that's so this is one of them. The next one is a game that is much better uh, called Young Souls. So this game had a bit of buzz behind it actually leading up to release. So it's from French studios uh, 1P2P or 1 Player 2 Player uh, published by, you say Dodemu. Is it, Do- it is Dodemu, is it? Yeah, that's how you say it, yeah. Yeah, so published by them. Because I always said it, it is Dotemu or something like that. Yeah. Then I found out, no, it's actually a French pronunciation, Dotemu. So, this game seems really, really cool. It's almost like a beat-em-up mixed with action RPG elements. So in the B-roll at the moment, they're exploring the, the hub area where you can take on, on quests and, and, and you can train your character like San Andreas style by doing weights and things. <laughs> um, but gameplay-wise, I didn't I haven't put a lot of time into this at all, but gameplay-wise, it is very much a, a beat-em-up, um, but a lot of focus on blocking and parrying and things like that. And it seems really neat. Um it's got an interesting mechanic where if you play by yourself, you can swap between the... It's like a brother and sister character. You can swap between them on the fly and you can outfit them with different equipment. So you can have one as like a heavy character and one as a fast character. So you can swap like mid-combo between them and things like that. So some cool stuff there. Um, as I said, like I'm pretty early on. Uh, I will get back to this game eventually. Um, and one of the probably most unique things about this is it's got a think a really cool art style i think it looks great when you're playing in motion it's probably not everyone's cup of tea when you're looking at it in stills mm. but i think it's very fluid and it has a, a really cool look to it so young mm. souls it's a it's a pretty neat game yeah cool cool and the last game is probably my favorite at sponge actually is a game called far changing tides so i was really keen to try this out um because you know when i'd seen the the trailers and the previews it looks really neat and i did mention something to intercott uh, off air at the end of last last week about this that I'll get to as well. But you, you play as like a silent protagonist who's piling a, piloting a ship through the world. And it's like a 2.5D game. So it's like just side-scroller, but almost like inside-like in terms of how it looks and everything like that. 
But basically, you're piloting this ship, and you've got to make sure that it's always you, you know it's always moving. You control the different elements like the sails individually. You've got to if if it gets blocked by the environment, you've got to move the stuff out of the way, complete puzzles. That's where the inside limbo style really comes into play. Mm-hmm. And it's really neat. Um, it's very Wind Waker-esque in terms of when you're sailing, it's you're just kind of like sitting there relaxing, watching the, the cool landscape go by. Um, you know, it, it is a game that, at least in the early uh, um, couple of hours, very serene, very laid back. But the one thing I was telling Intergot last week was when I was playing, I just kept having this feeling that I've played this before. <laughs> and I'm like, is this a game? Like, did this this feels like it's ripped off an idea of another game that I've played before. And I'm Aww. like, what is it? I'm so like, I, just, I couldn't escape that thought. So I found, I looked it up and yes, it did rip off a game. It ripped off a game called Far Lone Sales because this game is a fucking sequel and I didn't realize. So the feeling <laughs> of me rip, saying it was the thing is ripping it's it off bastards. because it's a sequel to a game where instead of a ship, it was like a big land vehicle and you were doing the same thing, but it was the same style of design. Mm. And that at the time, I thought that game was was really cool. So the fact that I was forgot mm. uh, that that game kind of existed, um, but no, this game's really really cool. I recommend it as. A, just with all Game Pass games, if you've got a subscription, um, you know, it's it's there's nothing stopping you to give it a shot. And I think this is a really cool game. So this is far changing tides. So. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Uh, yeah, so I have not been playing Elden Ring this week. Not not touched it. I had I did think of going back to it shortly. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to go back to it. I'm just going to let it sit. And then, I don't know, I might go back to it later in the year in a lull or something like that to do more in that game because there's so much in it. Uh, but I've been continuing to play Spider-Man, which I am thoroughly enjoying. It's uh, it's quite weird like because it feels mm-hmm. like, yes, an open world game just like Elden Ring, but it feels at the same time the complete opposite of Elden Ring. Like the game does not allow you to struggle. Like that is like the biggest thing. Like there's one or two parts in the game I'm like, where the fuck am I going? Like what's going on here? And then I swear within five seconds... My character is like, man, maybe I need to go over to the left over there. And then I wait another five seconds and then it actually puts like a way marker to like direct me to that spot. And you know what? I'm all for it. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, it's pretty chilled. It's fun. You know, like a hot take. It makes you feel like Spider-Man. Um, it's just, it's it's really, it's just a really well executed game. Like most of the Insomnia games are. But I, I do like Spider-Man more than, you know, some of their other things that they've done and their IP that they've worked on. One thing that I don't like, I just think I don't like this in general, uh, like quick time events. Like it just, I don't know, they just never click with me and they just give me the shits. And like when I'm watching like a cutscene in this game, I often just put down the controller and sit back and have a drink or something. And then all of a sudden, like the screen's like, hey, you know, you've got to press circle or else you're going to die in a second. And I have actually died because of it, because I'm like, shit, I got to go get my controller. Um, I don't know. I'm just not, not a huge fan of that. Uh, but I'm about, uh, I'm up to act three. So it's about, I don't know, like 70 something percent or maybe 80% through the game. Uh, it's like, I'm kind of at the point. I actually did so much of the side quests in this game because it's just dumb fun just going around collecting pigeons or going around doing stupid missions and stuff. But I kind of got a bit burnt out on that. And now I've just gone back to drool through the story. I'm not sure if I'll go do all of the stuff in the game, like collect all the suits and everything like that. Sort of see how I go. Um, But 
the guys can see this, but I've also started playing Spider-Man Miles Morales, and I actually did say at the same time okay. Miles Moranis again. <laughs> that, that is a that's an interesting choice to play these games at the same time. Okay, so what happened was because I had I have the oh well, I've got it right here actually, I've got the game case right here, right. And so I've got the PS5 Ultimate Edition that came with like Spider-Man Remastered and Miles Morales. It's like one mm-hmm. whole thing with all the DLC, everything. And my son's like, I want to play as the as Black Spider-Man. <laughs> now, to be clear, it's because the cover, he's a black Spider-Man, black suit hmm. Spider-Man. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where hey. your mind went there, Smitty. Okay. Oh, um, God, I'm so sorry that, you know, so he's not black anyway. He's Puerto Rican American, isn't he? Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But like, it's, it's, it was actually funny playing Miles Morales because I'm amazed that people don't do this more often where it's like, it is just really like a reskin of Spider-Man Miles Morales. But it sold gangbusters. It got rated really well. Like, I just feel like so many game companies are missing a trick to actually do this more often. Well, I mean, you I did mean, have... DLCs? No, you, you did have this happen a little bit in terms of, for instance, Far Cry yeah. uh, 5 and New Dawn. You had... But that was Far, cool. You had um, Far Cry Primal, kind of you hmm. reused the same map, but yeah. then obviously made it like in the in caveman days. Um, like Batman Arkham uh, Origins, I think, you know. So I think this was a thing that what a lot Bat- of games... Wait, wait, wait. Batman Arkham Origins? Was that like a reskin? Origin, Origins reused the map from... But changed it from oh, Arkham City. I've so. never played that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. But mm. look, with all these games, they change it. So it's like I've never liked that that um, outcry. Oh, because it's like, okay, well, you're representing New York. I'm assuming that's what it is in Yeah, yeah it's New York. Yeah, yeah. So why would you bother recreating the entire map again? You know? oh. It's a bit beyond that. Like it genuinely is like they've taken their engine and the skin and everything of it and it's like, let's change the logo of this. And th- there's a few tweaks to be fair. I do like the combat system, how they've tweaked it a bit. It's probably the biggest thing that they've spent effort in. Um, one thing that I don't like about this version, they've got a skill tree, but it's like a lock-in skill tree where you can only unlock certain skills at certain levels. So it, it almost forces you to go down a certain path in the skill tree. And at that point, I'm just like, don't, why do you even have a skill tree? Just like unlock the abilities as I go. It just seems very weird. Um, but one thing that I will say about these two games like, I know I'm going to be in the minority here, but I actually love how short Miles Morales is. It's like a 10-hour game to beat. Huh. I think it's like 15 hours to do everything, whereas Spider-Man Remastered is like, or, you know, Spider-Man, it's like maybe 25 hours to beat it, or like 20 hours maybe if you're pushing it, and then like 35, 30 hours to do everything. And I'm like, ah, just, I don't know, it feels way too much for me for a game like this, in my opinion, but, you know, it's just my opinion, so... And outside of that, uh, been playing a lot of Mario Kart stuff. So I uh, played uh, Super Circuit, so that's the Game Boy Advance Mario Kart on the analog pocket because I am now working in the city again. So I'm taking a portable in and I'm like, you know what, I'll bring my pocket. Um, and it, it was really cool. It was like, it's just such a cool device for that kind of stuff. And I don't want to spoil a potential tier list here, but... I don't know. I just cannot get into Super Circuit. I didn't grow up with Super Circuit. I didn't have it when I was a kid. But I just find it really... I don't know. It's a bit Mario uh, Mario Kart 64-ish. I'm just not... I don't know. It's just not my favorite. It's not my favorite. Well, think about when this came out, you know. Like, I, I when it 
I, it wasn't my favourite Mario Kart when it came out, but mm. I played it when it came out. And it did always have that feeling of it is a bit of a weird Mario Kart. Yeah. But yeah. I looked at it more as, hey, this is what Super Mario Kart could be with a bit more power behind it, basically. In terms of... I know the Super Nintendo and Game Boy Advance, like, you know, they're pretty comparable in that regard, but it... It obviously look it's it feels more three D than Super Mario Kart ever did. So yeah, definitely. But I don't like the way it actually handles. It's it's a little bit like a bad version of Mario Kart sixty four, hmm. which like I'm not a big fan of the way that game handles either. Um, the other one is I've been playing Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, so that's the one the you know AR hmm. one. That's really cool. I always go back to that. That is like such like honestly, if you have like kids. And they're like, I don't know, under six. It's such a cool thing. Like, because they love it. It's like kind of magical, you know, because they can see it on the Switch and then they see it as like they go around and then my son like chases Mario around the house and stuff. It's it's really awesome. Is that eligible for the tier list? Oh, yeah, 100%. That should be, okay. yeah. Definitely. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, and I'll, I'll tell you why. It's going to be ranked higher than some of these games, maybe even the Game no, Boy Advance game. I just wasn't mm. sure, like, because, you know, I know there's the game component, but also it's, like, also half a toy as well. So I was like, yeah, okay. nah, but definitely. no, that's fair enough. That's fair yeah, enough. Like, because I'm, my, I'm, like, maybe 80, 90% chance of going to Japan this year, mm-hmm. I will be playing the VR Mario Kart in Japan. You how how all high water... Yeah, what? Uh, I've got to do a Mario Kart tier list before then, just so... Well, it's not a valid one. It's not a valid one, because you won't have Mario Kart VR. I'll just come over the top of you. Uh, the one true. List, every tier list on the internet always includes every possible game. Well, it, honestly, it should. If you're saying, I'm going to rank all the Mario Kart games, you rank all the I, Mario Kart games. I think games. You, you both should do a tier list of the Mario Kart games, and then I'll do a tier list of your two tier lists to <laughs> rank whether well, Sony or Intergon... See which tier they go to. Tier The last thing I wanted to rant about is freaking hell, the DualSense battery sucks so much. Tell me more about that. It's so bad. Like, I, what the hell's wrong with this, like, battery? Well, is it hang on. Hold, it's crazy. Well, no, hold up. So, because I, so two things. One, I used to actually have an issue where, honestly, two hours or something tops and it would drain. Yeah, Somehow no, it's not it that fixed bad. itself. So it's not that bad. Um, then I noticed while playing Elden Ring, oh man, I have to charge this thing here and there. So whenever I put it to rest mode, well, you're playing hundred hours, but then I'm like, wait, I played a hundred hours in this. What the hell do I expect? And if I actually sit down and think about it, maybe, maybe I updated it 12, sorry, maybe I plugged it in 12 times, let's say 15 times tops. And the number of times that I did it, I'm getting close to maybe seven, eight hours out of it, which is bad, man is, well, I don't know. How much do you really get out of say AAA batteries? Is it that much more? Know. What's it got to do with anything? That's such a weird statement. Well, no, because I'm trying to compare it to, say, the Xbox controller. No, so, well, I, well I, I, that's one thing before you jump in, Swinny. Like, I'm coming from the Pro controller on the Switch, which is ridiculous. It's like 40 hour. Oh, okay. So that's my well, mind. I don't use that enough so to it's know. Like, right, okay, it's like gotcha. shocking how much you I have. Pretty much never have to charge I have to charge this every single time. I'm probably, mm-hmm. I reckon I'm probably getting about 20 hours out of the Elite controller. Too. Okay, so that's a lot less. You don't have? Do you have? Um, do you have any of the actual controls enabled? As in, so, do you have the vibrations, things like that? Over it's the all top? stock. I don't change anything. I, oh. I, you know, I think that's what it is because I think um, with Elden Ring, I didn't notice it, and I was playing mm. that a lot, right? And big, big sessions. But I think the thing is with 
Spider-Man Remastered, I've noticed that whenever you're swinging, whenever you're doing things, it's always like rumbling a little bit. Yeah, it, it'd be the rumble. 100%. It's always like that is just the most kind of activating a little bit, like even mm. in really weird ways that I find. I don't know. It's kind of almost immersion breaking. I don't even think it's like that good dual sense. I think it's super overrated. Just like when the Switch had, you know, uh, HD rumble yeah. or whatever. I'm like, it's yeah, like, it's weird. who gives it's a shit like, about HD rumble? No, it's like anything. Like you've got to have people that actually use it properly. But they don't, and that's what I said at the start yeah. when it launched, right? Like, no one's going to take advantage of well, it, and they haven't. So, GTA, for example, um, I, I forgot to mention it because I didn't play it enough to really put it as what have we played, but I think two weeks ago, whenever it came out on PS5, the updated version of did it... Did you buy it again? Of course I did. Didn't you talk like a month ago that you just rebought GTA 5 and now you bought another version? Yeah, I bought it on PC by mistake again. Uh, again? Oh wait, wait, again, again? God. No, no, no. So I bought oh. it on PC. Yeah, no, you I bought it twice. I didn't want to go for the Rockstar yeah. client. Yeah, so the whole thing. That's so, the, wait, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry, that's mm. not true. You bought it again because you didn't know if you had it. No, no, no. I bought it again because I knew I had it, but I had it through the Rockstar oh, clients. Okay. And I'm like, I don't want to try to figure out my details and all that bullshit. I'll get it through the, yeah, that's the true. Epic yeah, Store yeah, or something yeah, yeah, yeah. for eight that's bucks true. or whatever the fuck it was. I'm like, I'll do anything <laughs> to avoid having to find through. my... And the then Rockstar. it goes and it needs Rockstar anyway, <laughs> you piece of shit. So, so anyway, so I got it on PS5 <laughs> and they, they did a, a really good implementation of it, including the fact that your mobile phone comes through the actual controller. So whenever you oh, go to use a mobile phone and you can use it with it, it all the voice. And if you're interacting with someone on the mobile phone, like if I only did sort of the first mission with um, with Franklin and yeah, yeah, anyway. Lamar and stuff and you, you, they're chatting um, on the phone and it actually comes through through the thing. Thank, and that is really cool. That's actually a really cool use of it. Thank God it's uh, GTA 5, not GTA 4. Otherwise, your controller just be like, cousin, let's Cousins, go bowling. Cousins, let's go bowling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, I reckon they did a really good good job of the way they've implemented it which is weird given that it's a, such a freaking old game that came out way before this tech was out and they actually implemented it some of the best out of all the games mm. yeah no interesting yeah look i i think it might be just a spider-man thing because i didn't notice as much with Elden Ring. i think it's, it's really the rumble annoying. uh but again it's still yeah it's it's it, it is pretty low mm, no fair enough compared right. to some of the other controls let's jump straight into the news and there's some big stories this week uh, and w- with our first story, we have, after months of rumors and reports, Sony has finally revealed the details of its new PlayStation subscription service called PlayStation Plus. What? Plus that w- Plus. That would have been awesome if Ultra they said PlayStation XP. Plus Plus. plus, plus. <laughs> or if it had Plus and then the Plus symbol after the Plus. <laughs> Oh, Turbo. The, the new service <laughs> combines elements of the existing PS Plus and PS Now service with three-ish tiers available, uh, and it will begin rolling out in June, starting in Asian markets. I still don't I, like. I double checked. I'm not sure what Asian markets. I tried to I find that. Accounts. I don't think we can find mm. what Asian markets they're referring uh, to at this yeah, stage. What, Japan and... And from June, PS Now will be discontinued as a standalone service. So the three-ish mm. tiers are PS Plus Essential, which is mm. essentially what you have now. So it's the same price, the same... Nice pun. Games, two games at least, an online multiplayer game, uh, cloud storage discounts. If you want to play online, you need this tier... Uh, the second tier is PS Plus Extra, 
which is about 15 US bucks a month. And we'll add 400 PS4 and PS5 games, which you can download to your console and play. And then finally, this is where... Sorry, I'll just say up to, like, I don't know, do, will they have them on launch? Like up well, to that they, amount. They haven't even up they to have... ten thousand. <laughs> okay, right. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Sorry, I'll let you go. Well, <laughs> let, let's talk about it at like at the end of when we talk yeah. about the thirdish tier. So mm. the thirdish tier three A is the PS Plus Premium. So they're in markets where they have PS Now, which is going to be about one hundred and sixty Australian dollars a year, one hundred and twenty US dollars, so ten dollars a month US, which is all the things above. And then also we'll add up to 340 PS3, PS2, PS1, and PSP games with the caveat that PS3 games will be streaming. Whereas PS1, PS2, PSP games are going to be available via download or stream. And when we say about streaming, you can also play on the PC, which is pretty cool. Just with that, um, do we know if those, the PS1, PS2, PSP it's it's either or or sometimes in one some might be streaming some might be downloaded and streaming that's what i'm saying like maybe there might be some that are actually just streaming we don't i know. think all of them like from memory around ps now all of them you can download from okay. memory or like that's how they've set it up in the past okay. um it's a bit weird like the whole history of it because some of them you could rent or you could buy on the service as well, which is really odd. I think they're just trying to clean the whole thing up, obviously, is what they're doing right now. Because no one remembers. They also are going to add, which is interesting, time-limited demos as part of a, something you buy, which is interesting. Now, where it gets weird, uh, especially very relevant in Australia, is the third tier has a kind of slightly different tier to it, which is 3B, which is PS Plus Deluxe. So not mm. quite premium, it's deluxe. What? And it, it will be in markets where there isn't PS now, which is Australia, which is us. So for non-streaming mm-hmm. markets. So it will be a lower price. We don't know what that price is. <laughs> and it will have PS1, PS2, PSP games for download mm. and play. Limited uh, time, limited game trials, but absolutely no PS3 games, game streaming, game downloading, game anything. I think it I've does got a not 60 exist. Gig PS3 somewhere I can use for that. They can play PS3 games. Now, in terms of what games are going to be available, given that, that extra tier, which will have the PS4, PS5 games, <clears throat> they've already confirmed that Death Stranding, God of War, Spider Man, Spider Man Miles Morales, MK11, and Returnal will be available in those extra premium. Oh. Wait, is it in the extra? Oh, yeah, yeah. Extra premium and deluxe tiers. Nice. So and I, I will extra. say I made an assumption on the deluxe one because it's basically premium minus the PS3. Yeah, yeah, so, it, it, yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely is the case. Yeah. And did you want to uh, read this quote from Jim Ryan that we think is is quite critical? Sure. We felt like we are in a good virtuous cycle. With okay, maybe not in that okay. voice. Okay, Mike, first of all, can we just <laughs> say it's, <laughs> it's, regarding, it's regarding the fact that they won't have Sony first-party titles on day one mm. in the service. As um, Xbox like, Game Pass has. Yeah, so which, look, honestly, most of us probably expected. But, um, Mike, like, if you're going to read it seriously, I'll, feel free to read it. All right, it. we feel like we are in a good virtuous cycle with the studios where the investment delivers success, which enables yet more investment, which delivers yet more success. We like that cycle, and we think our games like that cycle. Uh, gamers. Uh, putting our own games into the service, or any of our services, up on their release, as you well know, this is not a road that we've gone down in the past. 
and it's not a road that we're going to go down with this new service. We feel that if we were to do that with the games that we make uh, at PlayStation Studios, that virtuous cycle will be broken. The level of investment that we need to make in our studios would be would not be possible, and we think the knockout, uh, knock-on effect of the quality of the games that we make would not be something the gamers want. Which translation? What does that mean, Swinney? They make too much money. Yeah, we lack money. Yeah. <laughs> we lack money. And we, we, we believe to. gamers like that we make money. And they, they yeah. have to pay extra for something they could get for free. Like, what gamer would be happy to pay extra for, if they didn't have to? That makes zero not. sense. Total zero sense. I want to pay for my stuff. So, I'm disappointed. So, so Jim, Jim Ryan, he's Irish, is he? Oh, well, now i got to no, read the whole no, thing that's again. That's what I was just saying. You've got to do an Irish accent now. I, I, would, I gotta, does not talk I'm not, like I'm that not at all. He does not talk like that <laughs> He's the one who's like, oh, you know, who wants to play Gran Turismo 4 now that we have Gran Turismo Sport? No one will ever play that game ever again. Okay, let's, I'm let's open I have to go up. back to sport because I don't want to play <laughs> all right, let's open 7, up the, Ryan. Let's open, let's yes, open up the batting. Mm. Intigot, what are your thoughts on this as... In, as an Aussie gamer with a PS5, yeah. what what do you think of this? Look, I, I think the PS1, PS2, PSP stuff is very, very cool. But it does strike me as super lazy by Sony, ultimately. Like, the challenge, I guess, that they're always going to have with the PS3 is it, it probably... I can understand the economics. I reckon for them to build an emulator that will work on the PS5, the PS5 is powerful enough to do it. But the amount of R and D that they'd have to put into it, they probably did the maths and just said, "We're not going to make any money doing this." Now, I think that's like a shitty thing to do. I think it's like they've looked at it, assessed it, and said, "Nah, it's not worth it because we're not actually going to make money out of this process, so we won't do it." But I feel like that was the, that was the one thing if they delivered. If they said to people, like it would have like the way I would have structured the presentation is. You can download PS3 games as part of this subscription and play them without streaming. That's it. Like, mic drop, right? Like, walk away. People would have been so hyped for it. Whereas it just feels very reactive to Game Pass, very defensive, very uncreative. And for me, it's like, yeah, like, there's a lot of great, obviously, PS1, PS2 games, but it's like, which ones are they talking about? Like, we don't know. Like, people are making assumptions. Yeah, it's all the PS Now stuff. PS Now has got more games than this. So games are going to go, and we don't know which ones are going to go and which ones are going to stay. And if you look at um, how they launched the PlayStation Classic, it's like, yeah, there were some really good games on there, but it was very haphazard and very lazy and, like, not much focus. So super underwhelming for me. I, I honestly don't see myself going beyond Essential. But I feel like we're going to get destroyed in the PS Plus Essential category. Like, I just cannot see them putting good games in there now. When they have to then decide... You know when they um, they had Final Fantasy VII Remake and they put it as part of PS Plus? I feel like there's just zero chance they would do that, like, as part of PS Plus Essential. They'd be like, oh, hey, great, like, Final Fantasy VII Remake is now part of PS Plus Extra. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, it just... You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because they've got these tiers, it's just like... I just can't see them doing it. So it's like, it's shit news for me, honestly. Just but, look at what but, happened with Games of Gold. You know, that's exactly oh, what happened. Yeah, great example, right? Like that's trash now, right? So 
like, you know what? Honestly, I think where I'll end up landing is maybe just getting rid of all, like, online <laughs> with PlayStation. I wouldn't be shocked because I don't use it as a multiplayer system. So, but having you, you Mike. On. Well, so currently in the last year or so of, of having the $80 subscription with mm. PlayStation, the only real benefit I've had from it is countless messages saying try finger butthole <laughs> in Elden in Ring. Elden Ring. Yeah. <laughs> Cause without it I wouldn't be able to see them. So you know, eighty bucks well spent, I say. You got the uh, Uchi katana that I sent you? That's right. Wouldn't be able to do Uchi, that. <laughs> which by the way I have actually used. Dual Uchi bleeding <laughs> katana is fantastic. Baby. So worth the eighty dollar investment I put in PlayStation Plus. Look, all jokes aside, that is the thing. I paid eighty bucks for this service and I just don't get anything out of it. Um, I don't think I play online enough. I don't really. I keep forgetting to get the free games um, again because I just don't play online enough and stuff like that. Mm. Cloud saves useful, I guess. Um, you you almost feel like that should be something that you know it's part of a service, just yeah. like anything else. But um, so personally, if I could pay just a little bit extra and actually get a catalog of all a bunch of different games. I probably would do that. I'd probably do that like it is with Game Pass. I know we differ on this one into God, but I think Game Pass is an amazingly good value. Um, you know, especially when you get discounts and it's like 50 bucks a year or something. It's just nuts the amount of stuff you can get for that. We'll probably get discounts for this as well, I'm assuming. Don't so know. If, if you can then get a catalog to all they these have, games for a hundred odd bucks. They've not confirmed a discount. They haven't, which, but I'm just which saying no, just, if. No, I was saying... It, that's one of the things people are annoyed about is that because even if they, considering the cost of new PS5 games, hmm. if they did get a discount as part of this, then there would be a definite value for that. But the fact that they haven't announced that is very telling. So I just wanted to clarify that. Hmm. I, I think that they've said that if you've got PS now, they're going to convert it, right? Haven't they? Ah. No, no, I meant, sorry, I meant more if you... If you I know, don't if you go directly through class, them, yeah, you I go know, through know. through JB Hi-Fi or something. Yeah, they've yeah. got a sale on. Use vouchers, whatever. You could probably get it down to, you know, a hundred bucks for the plus extra or something per year. Yeah, um, I'm talking about game discounts. Like if if you wanted to buy a game outright, so oh, maybe okay. we're talking about different. Things, right. So. Okay. Talking about that now, probably different things. So look to me, eh, I, I I I kind of I feel it's inevitable. I mean, I feel. The two big competing mm. players are PlayStation and Xbox now. And for Xbox to offer that service and entice people with it and for PlayStation to not have that and basically just give you two okay-ish games every month, which is what Xbox were doing years ago, they're going to have to do that. It, 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 it doesn't surprise me at all that they mm. had to do something like this. Now, when it comes to, as you were saying, what happens with, with this tiered... Um, process it's it's a tricky one from and you know Swinney from a marketing perspective it's you're probably also in a good position to talk about it um, because you do have to be cognizant of the fact that you have these multiple tiers so you can't offer the lower tier all the good stuff because then people aren't going to jump onto the middle tier or the higher tier but then if you don't offer good enough stuff in the lower tier people aren't even going to go into that ecosystem to begin with so yeah, working at PlayStation right now, trying to figure this shit out. Ugh, I wouldn't want to be those guys to try to balance it right, but I guess time will tell how that would work. What do you think, Swinny? Look, there's some stuff to like about this, but there's also, as Indigot was saying, like it, there's a lot about it is very underwhelming, um, especially as an Australian gamer. 
Now, the whole day one thing, it makes so much business sense for Sony to not include any of their first party. So I think it's mm. a very smart business decision. And they've also not... So Microsoft, Microsoft kind of put their foot in it by saying by making that commitment where every game is so they don't even have a way out. Whereas Sony, mm. if at any point, they could choose to have a game launch in there and they could... At one out of maybe their 10 games launches and they've got the ability to do that because from the beginning they haven't said it's it's a thing so they've got the freedom to do that in terms of the actual actual tiers and everything i'm not a current ps plus um subscriber even though i did get a ps5 uh last year just because i just haven't had a reason to get it as of yet and listening to reading the interview with uh jim ryan had with games industry.biz which is where the, he was quoted from um, he's mentioning that you know they are also looking to convert people that do not have a current PlayStation mm. Plus thing, and I look at this and it is a hard sell for me in Australia because the PS3 is such a huge part. It's of that number library. one that you would have wanted. It's yeah. crazy, <laughs> and I'm I'm definitely interested in the PS1 and like I never had a PSP, so there's a lot of games there. But Intergot mm. was saying this like they haven't told us anything about the games. How could I even look at oh, it's worthwhile spending that amount of money because it's quite a bit of money to get access to those older PlayStation games when I don't know what's there. I can make assumptions mm. that, oh, look, they'll probably have some Sony, Sony stuff there, you know, but it's like, but I, what about like all the JRPGs I've never played? Are they going to be in there, you know? And sure, I could go and look at PS Now list, but as you said, like that stuff doesn't even line up numbers-wise. So it just feels weird for me to for them to announce this and not even give any indication of what value there is and from a game library standpoint for that tier. So I yeah. I am interested in this, but it really will really depend on that library of games and what's in there. Yeah, I look I I feel like I've just realized I have an issue. I'm I'm like the I'm the weird one. Just one. I've got an issue with <laughs> with you know these type of services like even netflix gives me the shits now because it's like oh i want to go watch this movie i oh, know it's on stan which is like an australian specific streaming service for americans and other people who are not in australia and it's like oh fuck i don't want to go subscribe to them as well like it just becomes it's way worse than it's, it's really segregated honestly i feel like it's now worse than cable and how it was before like you just get foxtel go okay just deck out yeah. get the ultra platinum freaking thing get anything i want right now it's like, oh, I've got to get Disney Plus. Oh, I've got to get this. and that, That's a really good point. It's something I forgot to mention. I'll make quick to because I just cut you off. Is As a person who plays mainly on Xbox and having the two consoles, mm. like I can barely play the stuff that's on Game Pass. Yes. You know? Yeah. But it's funny because, you know, previously people would say the opposite. Ah, oh, there's just no choice. Oh, I wish there was more choice and be more competitive. Ah, oh, there should be more players in the market. So there's clearly a balancing act in all of this with everything. Too much choice and, oh, my God, it's too segregated. I got to go to a million different... It's the same as on PC. I got to get the Epic launcher. I got to get the Rockstar launcher. I got to get Blast Team, GOG, and not enough. And, oh, fuck, they've got a monopoly on it, so they're charging too much, yada, yada, yada. It's it's hard to find that balance. I think... Yeah... With the with the streaming stuff like Stan, it'd be really useful if there was something that aggregated all of that stuff somehow. You know, it can't happen, like but a it'd box, be nice. A cable. And, well, you maybe like a cable box. You have one remote. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because Amazon kind of actually do that. Um, somewhat related to this because you can actually play games on it as well. But I got the Fire Stick uh, about a month ago only because I wanted to to play Apple stuff. 
And I didn't want to buy an Apple TV because it was more expensive. And the Fire Stick was like 50 bucks for the 4K one. For They had it on special. So I put it in there, logged into my Apple thing. Um, you got to stream it off your phone to the Fire Stick. So it's a bit of a convoluted process, but it, it works perfectly fine through it. And then I could buy a movie that was only available through Apple for whatever reason. I don't remember. If it was, it's, it's probably through some other streaming services that I didn't want to get as well. And then you could stream it through the Fire Stick. And then the Fire Stick has Paramount Plus. It's got a bunch of other ones that you can stream through it. So it kind of does that. It kind of aggregates a bunch of that stuff, which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, cool. there are some solutions to it. Cool story, bro. <laughs> well, I think it might be relevant to people that that have an issue with a billion different streaming services. Get a Fire Stick. You could or say Dark, the episode you don't title: want to Amazon Fire Stick. <laughs> it's gonna Get be a the Fire biggest Stick. Takeaway. <laughs> from this episode yeah no like the whole disaggregation is getting really annoying now um yeah look i i gotta wait till it comes out to see if i'm gonna actually subscribe or not i think the biggest thing is i hate the monthly pricing but it's weird that they still got yearly pricing for this like i i totally understand mm. where microsoft's going where it's like you can only pay monthly that makes sense to me right like in terms of a business sense no but you can't do it yearly yeah, I know, but what they're removing, Microsoft? They're like Microsoft's they getting removing? rid of okay. all, op, like as many avenues as possible to get rid of the annual stuff. You can see uh, that I reckon in a year's time, there wouldn't hmm. be no way to get annual well, stuff. Because a lot of people, you know, break do what it, I do. Pay 50 bucks <laughs> yeah. a year or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the last thing I wanted to say on this is that when PS Now released, there was like a bit of a trick. You could get it for really cheap and you could stack it and there would seem to be no limit. So people have got it stacked to 2040. <laughs> right and the theory that people have is because ps now is pretty much this with ps plus and stuff there may be a one-for-one -one translation to premium which mm. would be amazing like some of these people might have that for like till 2040 I, like i actually hope for them that'll be hilarious if that actually pans out so we'll see how that goes um but yeah like fairly underwhelming for me but yeah very underwhelming i think for australians but let's get into more happy news and it's the announcement that the highly anticipated sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild has unfortunately been delayed until 2023. I don't have to wreck now because you said, ah, let's get into Spider-Man. Wow, Zelda's been geez. updated. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, like I, I was that very was sad about Zelda. this. So, announced in June 2019, uh, Nintendo went radio silent on the game until last year's E3, where they showed off the game in a full trailer and then dated it as 2022. Um, but Ayunuma came out on YouTube recently and apologized. YouTube? I thought it was Twitter. Maybe it was YouTube. Uh, there was a YouTube video and yeah. Oh, it was Twitter. Twitter okay. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then said, you know, the game is, we, we played Elden Ring and now we have to delay the game for five years to <laughs> be able to compete. But yeah, like, uh, I don't know. What, what, yeah. As someone who doesn't love Breath of the Wild. How did how did this hit you, Swinney? Did you care? Did you? It just made me realize it's going to be even longer before I can play a Zelda game. I'll probably enjoy, which will be the game after this. <laughs> oh god! You never well, know. Look, like no, to be fair, is, no, that will probably this game will probably appeal more to me if they take on the feedback and dungeons and stuff. But and weapons that don't break. Well, no, but that's the thing is I think they will retain a lot of that elements because yeah. that, that stuff that is kind of almost integral to the Breath of the Wild mm. experience. So, yeah, that's my take is that, look, I, I'm, I'm really disappointed for people obviously looking forward to this, which is a hell of a lot of people. 
I will say I'm not surprised by the news at all. Not that Nintendo delay stuff all the time, but this just never this felt like a very uneasy 2022. Mm, so. Yeah, and and on, like I I could be a dickhead and go back to the old footage, but I think I actually said like I don't think it'll be 2022. Oh, you did, yeah. And there was one time where they actually removed it from their calendar, huh. and like you know, they had Splatoon three, they had all these other games, but they didn't have Breath of the Wild two. I'm like, this game is not coming out. Like they they've seen that and just said nah. And my fear is, I don't think it's coming out. Like, it might not come out next year until the end of next year. <laughs> because if you go back to Breath of the Wild, they delayed the hell out of that game as well. And I think everyone kind of had, had speculated that, oh, it's because the Switch was coming, so they wanted to line it up, which I thought as well. But the more I think about it now, it's like, maybe it's just, like, they're that. just bad at estimating how long it's going to take to make this Probably. game. So. I don't know why they even bother. They should, they should just do Rockstar. Yeah, it's, it's, it's out when it's out. Shut the fuck up until then. It's out when it's out. I think they have investors because when this news hit, Nintendo's share price dropped by 6%. So I think updating the market. That's why I mean they shouldn't critical. have said it in the first place. They should have just kept the mouth shut. <laughs> and then when they know that it's definitely coming out in say six three to six months or something, let's say. Or when they yeah. hit the gold, then then they go, Hey, we're we're gonna launch this in three months. I yeah, I think a three month <laughs> announcement for a Zelda release date is a bit bit much but i know what you're saying like it's it works it's, with gta and it's one of the yeah, biggest G- franchises GTA in the world he's also got gta online right so they they don't even need to worry well gta online plus now right yeah so, but what are they worried about it's not like people are going to forget about zelda and then in in five years time go what the fuck is zelda people want to have a hype people want to like get excited well people they can wanna... get excited they know it's coming come on they know there's going to be a sequel. They know like, there's going to be a new game in the franchise. It's 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 you know you're very passionate gar- about this. Guaranteed. Like this is <laughs> no, well, this well, is the I most am, passionate I've heard you I on am, the podcast I'm in like a year. Because I think it all of these release date things are are setting are hyping people up, are setting bad expectations. I mm. think you should just shut the hell up about it when you're ready to actually give something to the world. Then you do it. People aren't going to sit there and nag you about it. People aren't going to sit there and, and cry because they haven't heard the release date of an upcoming Zelda that they don't even know about. I, they know it's going to come eventually. Me? This is the, the, the gaming fandom. Yeah. Well, people aren't going to nag you go about it. Touch some grass What do you then? mean people know. aren't going to nag you about grass. it? Oh my God, man. That's all people do. When's this coming out? When's the news? <laughs> yeah. When's Metro Prime 4? Yeah, I wish I had a worm of like approval, disapproval because you had me for a while and then it went, <laughs> it went straight down. Like I look, I fundamentally you know what I mean, right? I do agree with you. Like I, I've said it a few times. I don't, I don't understand why people need to long date games because they keep yeah. just delaying them, um, and it puts pressure on everyone. I think internally you can go, "This is the date," and we want to hit it yeah. because of our financials. Oh, totally. and yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. There's a whole um, lot of reasons. So yeah, look, I don't, don't necessarily disagree with you, but yeah, this game, man. Uh, like I'm kind of glad. I must admit because. Now it's removed the thing of me having to decide between Elden Ring and Breath of the Wild 2 as the game of the year for me. Mm. Like, I, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, thank fuck it's moved. Because wow. I like know in my heart that I don't know. I've, I almost might not want to pick. I might just go, fuck both. I'm going to say they're both number one. Um, so, But it, you would love this as well. They did actually reveal a little bit more of the game, Swinney. And you know how you love how there's weapon degradation. They show off a destroyed master sword that Link's holding in the video, <laughs> which I loved so much because I'm like, 
<laughs> you're like, at least they could just make the Master Sword not get annoyed or destroyed or whatever or nerfed. And they've, like, destroyed it in this game. It's always like a fuck you, Swinny game. <laughs> Gotta love it. But, yeah, like, one thing I wanted to say, Swinny, is I feel like this is going to force their hand because they pretty much always want to release a Zelda game every year in some form or another. Hmm. It's surely going to force their hand to release, you know, like Wind Waker HD on the Switch or um, Phantom, uh, not Phantom Hourglass, um, or Twilight Princess HD hmm. on That's the Switch sure Remastered. It's so. such an easy win for them, you know. They can huh. drop it at probably any time. You and know. you know they can just, cow. they don't even need to do it as a twin pack. They could just literally just do one and I'll going to buy it. Bucks, I know, bucks, and I'm yeah. going to buy it. I know. Yeah. These people would buy it. Uh, I'm sick. I know. Oh, God. I can see it right now. Release so. new Amiibo with... Um, yeah. Nah, they'll probably just do the Wolf Link Amiibo. That's a pretty damn cool yeah. Amiibo. I already I got, still that. got that. I've still got that in the box. That's a cool it. Amiibo. Mm. All right, moving on. So fresh off the release of their game, Soul Ash, Heart Machine have revealed a follow-up to their critically acclaimed Hyperlight Drifter titled Hyperlight Breaker. Swinney, you want to take the rest away? Yeah, so we kind of mentioned this last week that they, Heart uh, Machine teased for the sixth anniversary of Hyperlight Drifter, they were making a big announcement. And I said, it's, I hope it's a, it's a sequel. Um, kind of got my wish because this isn't really being positioned as a sequel. It's more like it's a follow up. It's set in the same universe and obviously it's called Hyperlight Breaker, but. This isn't Hyperlight Drifter 2 for many reasons. Uh, first of all, the original, which came out on a whole bunch of stuff like P- PC, PS4, Xbox One, and got a Switch port later, um, was like a top-down, almost Zelda-like action-adventure game with really cool, mysterious world, amazing music by Disaster Piece. It was just a really, really I cool, the music. very so good. This is nothing like that in terms of visual style. So the, this is actually a 3D title. Um, it still has like visual elements of, of the Hyperlight world, um, but it's also not like a single-player action adventure. Um, although, by all huh. accounts, you could probably play it single-player. It is being positioned as an online co-op game that is a roguelite as well, but it does have permanent upgrades. So this news is really interesting. I think they're very smart to not call this Hyperlight Drifter 2 because if they did that and then mm, did this, like, that's true. It, to, me, game. Mm. to me, this is actually an interesting way, whether or not I like the output, to build the world. Like, they, they Solar Ash was a 3D game, so they've now got experience. And they've talked before about Solar Ash, going from 2D to 3D was a real tough jump for them. And now they've done it. They've got the engine and experience they can now work on this game and it will just branch out and, you know, it will further get the reach of their Hyperlight world. And Solar Ash, by all accounts, is also set in the same universe uh, as well. Um, I still got to play that game. Um, but yeah, so I'm in two minds. Like, I'm mm. not a big roguelite fan, but there's obviously some hugely popular games in the genre. Your Dead Cells, your Hades, a games, whole bunch of games, games. A bind, yeah. bound, Binding of Isaac and all that. It's almost that. ridiculous. It's almost like the Metroidvania, yeah. right, thing. Um, too crazy. And, yeah, but so it's it's really wait and see. This is a while away. Um, they are well, it's next year, it, right? Launching, launching it early access next year. So oh. that, but the Hades did the early access thing really well. So it's not that, you know, I don't think that's a downer at all. Although... I'm the kind of person who generally doesn't like to play games until they're like at the 1.0 full release myself. 
And this isn't being self-published. This is actually being published by Gearbox. So Ooh. they're kind of stepping up in the world, Heart Machine. I, I think it's a great announcement. Um, Hyperlight Drifter is one... It, it was very acclaimed, but it also is still, to me, it is still a bit of a cult game. Like, it probably uh, deserved even more recognition. A lot of people haven't played it. Yeah, a fantastic game. This looks cool, although I just don't know how cool it looks yet. Um, so, Hi- yeah. Hyperlight Drifter is a very cool game that... If it was published by like Xbox, sorry, Microsoft or Sony and, you know, kind of had that tag on it as a sort of indie, you know, like similar to Journey and things like that. Yeah. It would have been massive, I think, like just how it executed. Like a little deep dive because you were talking about the engines. This game and then the next game, the original game, we're going to talk about in a second, both were made on Game Maker Studio. And they both have now moved off that and moved into 3D games. And, like, honestly, I'm going to say it in the next segment as well, but I'm not really, like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, the the beauty of doing something in 2D and, you know, something stripped back is that you can have a dozen people or, like, five people or six people and do it at such a high level that it you, you look at it and you go, wow, this looks amazing. But then when you move into a territory like 3D... Now you're competing with like the big boys. Now it's like I'm. I'm sorry. I'm. Ca- I'm comparing it to, you know, the Horizon, Forbidden West, the Elden <laughs> Rings, and stuff like I that. Because that's just that, yeah. what you do naturally. No, but it's like a natural mm. thing, right? And it to me just doesn't stack up so far. But you haven't. We haven't seen too much. And I'm going to say this about the next game as well. But what? It, we'll see. I mean, I, I. I'm not a game developer, but I would also assume there are correct. some advantages to 3D. Very correct. Um, you know, pixel art is what it's not an easy thing to do to actually do all the animations and everything for for pixel art. I don't know if it's easy to do a full game in 3D, but it, there's certain things that are much easier to do, I think, in 3D than 2D. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the the only thing is, I remember playing Risk of Rain and then playing Risk of Rain 2, which also made the transition from memory from 2D to yeah. 3D, and I just like the something about the 2D. I just mm. enjoyed more. I don't I don't know what it's, it is. It's lot. interesting because yeah. a lot of people hold that up as an example of a successful transition, even <laughs> though it was. But even though a lot like... of people initially didn't actually like the three D move, I think that eventually got to the point where people were like, "Hey, this is actually an example of how a new studio can successfully make that move." Mm. But it's interesting that your initial reaction was definitely it worked, but I that. wasn't a huge yeah, yeah. fan of it. If that yeah. makes sense, you just had yeah. a fit then. <laughs> you're you're on fire in this episode. Um, yeah, no, so, like, a game that you're likely to jump on, Swinny, or you want to see more info? I want to see more info because mm. if it turns out it's more, it's, it is really roguelite Um, You know, I, it gets to take a lot to get me to play a game Hades, like basically, um, yeah. And the Hades is I, awesome, man. Like, I need to yeah, go back to Hades, Swinny? Honestly, I need to play Solar Ash first because so, oh, okay. that'll probably mm. be, give me a better indication of where they're at uh, in terms of 3D games and stuff. So. What, what's your Hades update, by the way, Swinney? Did you bounce off that game? No, I barely played that game. Damn. Okay. I, I love hope, that game, man. I do hope to play it one day, but there's just too many games. I, if I'll there's get... one roguelite, it's that one. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I, I give you credit on one thing, Swinney, like the Hyperlight Drifter. And then I, I was like, oh, why don't they just call it Hyperlight Drifter 2? But... I take your point. I think you're right. Different game. I, I much prefer when games just say Hyperlight Drifter 2. 
Like it just—it's simple to me, but well, like, it's a proper sequel, but but it's, it's different. It's—it's different it's, it's almost yeah. like a spin-off. So yeah, mm. it does make sense. All right, we'll talk about a game that is a sequel, and it is titled as a sequel. Thank, thank you. So as part of their April Fool's Day, now fourth in a row, uh, annual Rivals Direct event, Ether Studios have fully revealed the sequel to their indie hit. Platformer, fight, platform fighter, sorry, Rivals of Ether. So Rivals of Ether 2, which will be coming in 2024 on as many platforms as possible. So the first game came out in 2017 for PC and Xbox and later came out on the Switch. The 3D sequel was teased back on April Fool's last year. The trailer showed off a new 3D art style with some returning characters. It will introduce some more traditional Smash Bros mechanics such as shielding grabbing and ledges it will not have steam workshop support on launch but may get it sometime after it will be a closed beta in 2023 and a new spin-off game has also been announced called dungeons of ether which was shown off which is due out later this year swinney as the resident smash bros expert the the champion platform fighter uh, how did this uh, trailer hit you why are you throwing me so early? I was looking something up about this game. No, I, I am the wrong person. It's like to, a full-on clone. I am the wrong person. Well, it's a platform fighter, Mike. I'm the wrong person to talk about this because I never got heavily into the first game. I did try it out. I do actually have it on Xbox. I actually quite find it quite funny on their official FAQs, which are really funny about this game. Um they say, oh, what is it? And it's a sequel to, you know, to the first game, an indie fighting game that you pick up on Steam or Switch. Man, the Xbox version mustn't have done well for them to just completely admit <laughs> that in their official <laughs> FAQs. That's awesome. Um, look, That's this, awesome. <laughs> I honestly, uh, while I don't think the 3D, it, it looks a bit rough at the moment, I actually think it appeals more to me than the 2D style oh. of the original. But in saying that, this game, I mean, we know it's so still so early yeah. i have been you know i've made it clear in the past that with platform fighters it's almost like smash brothers is to me it's like I, that's all i need and it's a, it's a tough sell to get me to play yeah. any other game just because while smash brothers is almost like an endless supply of enjoyment in that area it's hard to plumb that game completely right because there's yeah. just so many characters they but this has yeah. always been the 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 first game was always the one that looked like the most fun to me mm. out of all the I guess Smash clones. Yeah, um, I think so too. It always looked the most like it looked more unique. Now, by all accounts, they actually are bringing more Smash mechanics mm. into this version, which is interesting. They're almost making it more of a clone, but I think they justify it in their FAQs. Like, for instance, they're adding um, shielding and grabbing and ledge, ledge hanging, which uh, I didn't know wasn't in the first game. So no, that's stop. interesting. Yeah. So they're obviously looking to really draw more people over, especially with Smash being wrapped up now from a content standpoint. So. I think it's also, it, like, because it's way much, it, it's getting really close to Melee, right? Like this game, like Rivals 2, I should say. Rivals of Ether, like I, I, I really like the art style because it's so distinct. It's very two D. It's super well animated, and not to say I think the three D animation looks amazing in this game. It's just again, you know, like the point that I had in the other segment. It's like I, I'm gonna start comparing it to Smash Brothers now because it's mm. like trying to look like you know Smash Brothers Ultimate, and I'm like, 
I think Smash Brothers Ultimate looks way better, and it's like Mario, dude. Right? Yeah. Like you're you're gonna struggle to get me. So in, in the footage they've shown so far, the, this game, while it's very early, looks way better in motion than still screenshots. So, yeah, yeah, it looks yeah, really well animated. It looks really good. good. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, and with the mechanics getting more complex, to me, it's like yeah, it's definitely appealing to the melee people. But that's a kind of more like I know that you know people disagree but i feel like that community is not going to grow anymore like the melee community i just can't see it right i mean that's always good betting against the melee community right <laughs> but, but um yeah i don't know i'm i'm very mixed on this like and i really want to play rivals of ether it's just yeah can't get anyone to get into it to play it and i understand why as well um i think uh joe jives who might be still in the chat he would i reckon he'd really like play. rivals like on pc Using the workshop, playing as you know Ronald McDonald, I think that would be sick, man. There's, there's no uh, unless unless it's the workshop, there's no uh, Jigglypuff in that one, so <laughs> no deal for him. <laughs> I will also say on that note that they did say for launch because I know the Steam Workshop is a very popular, yeah, um, feature of the the first game that that won't be supported at launch, but they will look at it as a potential post-launch thing. But, uh, I mean, this is 2024. This is so far away. Yeah, it's, so. it's ages away. So, yeah. I mean, at least it gives kind of like some focus for the community, for like the yeah. Rivals events, because then they'll start to be like, okay, you know, biggest Rival event before the launch of the new game, right? So Yeah, and with yeah. these games, you can trickle the character announcements mm. over time as well to, to keep hype going. So. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know who else does that about, you know, trickling the characters out to drive hype. Uh, another series. All right, for our, for our last segment, we have that after announcing in Jan that E3 2022 will be a digital-only event, this week the ESA officially cancelled the entire bloody thing. With the event's livelihood already on shaking ground, what does this mean for the future of the Electronic Entertainment Expo? Mikey, what, what, what is your pronouncement about uh, E3? Is there going to be an E3 2023? They've already said there will be. Well, yeah, they, they did because they said that the, the official ESA statement was that we will devote all our energy and resources to delivering a revitalized physical and digital E3 experience next summer. So kind of a bit of a promise that they will bring it back. They just won't have it now for 2022. Sweeney? Maybe. Yeah, promise from the ESA is probably as good as a bag of salt, to be honest. Although I mean... salt's very useful. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, don't insult salt. <laughs> yeah, this look, this this sucks because I I love the E three period and Same. I know that we're still going to have the stuff happening and the announcements probably happening because that stuff obviously doesn't work for ages. Hmm. But it it sucks. It sucks for this stuff because E three's always been that fun time, especially um, now that we've been doing the show. I was looking forward to like, oh, we we can do the E three conference tier list again and stuff like mm. that, and we can still obviously cover that stuff but it sucks it it probably makes business sense like we know that e3 has been on its deathbed for a while especially with sony pulling out a few years ago and yeah. all the issues it's almost been a very microsoft heavy event for a few years um but yeah it's it's not surprising but it, it, to me this does suck yeah it's a, it's a real fascinating one because for the show, it's actually much better to spread it all out, right? Not that we really care about like having news for the show in a way, but yeah. I, I kind of love the intensity of just like, let's bunch all the news into one week and it's just like hectic. Mm. But it made no business sense to do that. And yeah. 
with the nature of online distribution and directs and, you know, like, honestly, if you just wait and you go, okay, cool, like, this is a pretty empty week, bang, here's some news about the new PS Plus tier list and here's a new Mario game or whatever. You, you just, there's no benefit in concentrating everything into one week. There's literally no benefit in it. So I, I kind of almost forgot there was an E3 last year, I must admit. Like it was online only. It wasn't like in person, but. I actually, I think it was last week. I actually was looking up, oh, when is E3 this year? And I was looking it up and then this news <laughs> dropped. I'm like, oh, that's why I can't oh, no way. when E3 is. Because uh-huh. <laughs> they <laughs> clearly hadn't put the dates up yet. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't but it's always it June. It's always like the first or second week of June. Yeah, I was just, yeah, yeah I was just checking. Summertime. No, because I actually quite enjoyed it. I remember when game trailers was big mm. and it was really cool to go through a certain period and just check out all the cool trailers that were coming out and one sort of, you'd get out the popcorn and you'd just sit there for a couple of hours just seeing all the cool shit that's coming out. And I think it was something in a, a whole bunch of people's calendars that they were looking forward to. Yeah. So it's it's weird though that it's the end of such a big era in that sense. You know what I mean? It was This thing was massive. Oh, I mean, E3 has has died off before and come back but at that was at the time we didn't have the nintendo directs and like as mm, you was saying like the digital um, age has really got to the point mm. where it's it doesn't make business sense whereas before it mm. did um well yeah. you, you had the other thing where you know when around the time the wii ps3 and xbox 360 came out everyone was like our oh, gaming is dead or dying. You know, phones were starting to come, like weren't there yet, but like people, a lot of analysts, people like I, to be honest, would have been like, oh, consoles are going to die. It just doesn't make sense from a business perspective. And they had an E3 where it was only like 5,000 people that attended in 2008, right? And then like wow. like you said, Swinny, it kind of had a second wind. But mm. honestly, I think the day, so I'm just checking it now. So 2018 was the last time that Sony was at E3 and then they pulled out the following year. Honestly, to me, that was like when E3 died and it's been on life support since then, really, because it doesn't make sense. You can't mount the argument that you're representing everything. Like Sony's not there at all, right? Mm. Like they are the biggest, you know, like in terms of gaming, like they're the biggest brand, like they are, like you just have to admit it. Um, And like, I mean, it's not even a big call, right? It's, It's not even a hot take. Like, the Game Awards have usurped E3. It has. Like, and now that they're not going to have E3 this year, like, everyone's going to be even more amped about the Game Awards because you're going to miss that, you know, week. So, so talking about the Game Awards, hot on the heels of this announcement, we had uh, our good old friend. (laughs) Our mate. Our mate, Jeff Keighley. Keels, as I call him. Took the opportunity to promote his... K-Dog, say. He's a Summer Games Fest, which is basically his uh, his his E3 rival kind of, uh, I guess, festival. Oh, we're definitely on this year. We will be on this year. <laughs> of he, course. He did not. And, and the funny part is <laughs> Keeley's been such a huge part of E3 in the past that it's just like he obviously would have known for a while that it's been cancelled unless the decision was made really quickly. Um, so he's just like probably waiting with that draft tweet. <laughs> ready to go <laughs> it's true i mean like to be fair they got playstation and xbox as part of the partner announcements for summer games first i i don't really understand summer games first it's it, because it's not a thing it's not like it feels like random shit pops up all the time so then i just feel like what's the point of all 
branding it under some summer games fest? But I don't really understand. If you that. watch this year, it would probably be a lot more a lot closer to what E3 yeah. was in terms of conferences. Wow. It wouldn't shock me if basically that Xbox really hitched their wagon to that thing this year. So. Yeah, you might be right, dude. Like if if wow, like if they do that, if they do it like for a week in June, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean like yeah, E3's completely dead at that point totally well, it's dead funny because even jeff keely was like live streaming intros to the e3 presentations and i think he even got his hand slapped about that stuff it was pretty funny so oh yeah, shit year, dude that, dude this is crazy this is like just i'm checking this live summer games first last year was like over the course of three months it was like kind of random and mm. just kept going on oh, they've already they've summer. already they've already confirmed summer games first 2022 will take place during the month of june Specific events month. day will be announced mm. in the coming weeks. I'm like, dude, they are like fully trying to kill E3 now. Damn, man, E3 can't come back. How could it come back? Mm. It'll be like a, a, a you know a shell of itself if it comes back. Damn, that's that's kind of crazy. Because the Game Awards, I'll be honest with you, that to a large extent they're kind of like the Oscars for me. I don't really give a fuck what some people vote a game in. <laughs> I, the we're announcements talking, we're talking were the announcements. interesting. We're yeah, the announcements, part, absolutely. The but the way it's it's geared, I wouldn't say prim- it's not primarily an award ceremony, but the whole concept behind <laughs> it being an award ceremony, it just puts me off. I'd rather just see the new games that are coming out, see what developers are saying, etc. Oh, you like the marketing stuff? I, I, had, I, I love the awards because we get to no, predict them. No, I just don't them. like the fucking so awards. Yeah, yeah, that, I that makes don't me like fun. that whole Oscar thing. The we've, already, so we've already made an executive decision this year when we do the Game Awards coverage. We're going to have every category and vote for every category <laughs> to make it more entertaining because <laughs> it's boring otherwise. Right. And then we'll have to debate about the, the point multiplier at the end because yeah. that, that was a bit controversial. <laughs> Extremely controversial. But it, there was integrity because we didn't change the rules on the fly. That's integrity. Yeah, because anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move on. E3. I don't know. It's nice knowing you, E3. I think I think you're dead. Sorry, mate. Pull, pull one out. Pull one out. Because it was cool. But, you know, yeah. Oh, well. See you later. Keely's the new, <laughs> new gaming lord. All right. Godfather. <laughs> All right. So wrapping up the news... Uh, you know, like as we do each week, all these, you know, very interesting articles, very interesting things that are happening, but not quite as much that we feel like it reaches the threshold that we have interesting things to say about it. So Swinney is the uh, resident news rapper rapper as part of one min for the swim. But the caveat is each week we will add one word to his word limit. So we have 190 words this week. Can you confirm there are 190 words, Swinney? There are 190 words. <laughs> we never check this, so we do believe in the honesty system. Sweeney's the most honest person you ever meet, so we don't really need to check it. It would be Sometimes. only an error. Uh, but yes, take it away whenever you want, Sweeney. Bandai Namco have announced One Piece Odyssey, an open-world One Piece RPG coming 2022. Sony's recently acquired Fire Sprite Studios are working on a new AAA horror title. Acclaimed moving sim Unpacking will finally see PS4 and PS5 release soon. Pocking Rocky Reshrine launches June 24th for PS4 and Switch. Manga publishing giant Shueisha has established a games label called Shueisha Games. Microsoft are reportedly working on a Game Pass family plan allowing up to five users. Wadham developer Fun Omina is in danger of shutting down if they don't secure investment. After continued record profits, Capcom increasing all employee base salaries by 30%. 
Four US senators, including Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, have penned a letter expressing concern the Microsoft Activision Blizzard buyout will be giving Bobby Kotick a golden parachute. Earthworm Jim 2 has been added to SNES Switch Online Library and Dig Dug 2 Mappy Land for the NES. Bloodstain's rumoured Child of Light crossover has finally been revealed, and a Tekken 7 mod featuring Elden Ring characters has received the following response from Tekken head honcho Katsuhiro Harada. Please stop it, lol. <laughs> Very good, dude. That's probably the audience's response awesome. to one min for the swim. Please stop it. No, we love it. It's 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 one of the best segments, I reckon. I love just seeing the concise. This tidbits. is probably the only tie the only one where I'm like, eh, there's probably nothing I want to talk about here. Like, there's not even a word that I really want to mention. That, that tweet from Harada is really funny to read. I mean, that's so really so cool, that's yeah. why I wanted to have it there. So well, yeah, yeah it's funny the context that he's sort of like, it's too good that people are actually, like, believing it and stuff. So Well, he was also a producer on Elden Ring. So oh, it's, like, even funnier for him in that regard. I didn't, whoa, I didn't know that. That's really odd. Yeah. Why? Yeah, like Do you know game, why? I mean, it's Bandai Namco. Sure, so. but I like yeah, it's, he's a big producer, right? Like it seems yeah. a bit strange that he's working. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I can't remember the exact title, but he was involved in in the high level like executive part of of Elden Ring. So. But when you say Bandai Namco, they're more like they're distributing it. They're not, you know, they're publishing it. They're not making the game. Yeah, but they probably still knows need those people on their end to to manage wow, stuff from a project standpoint and things like that. So. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. All right, let's move on to our special segment. Finally, it's finally time for the Bigwig crew to take a deep dive into one of the most legendary JRPGs of all time, Chrono Trigger. It will be our fifth 1995 game of some other year nominee, and will it take out? The top prize, Winnie, take it away. We're finally doing it. We're finally doing it. We're finally getting to Chrono Trigger. <laughs> it's only been about two months or something in that regard. It's It's been a while anyway. Um, I think, what was the last game we talked about? I think it was Yoshi's Island. So just think about really? it. Really? It was on Yoshi's that. Island? It was Yoshi's yep. Island. Yeah, that was so, so long ago. <laughs> um, yeah, so look, Chrono Trigger is a game for many people that doesn't need introduction, but I know that it's also a pretty old game and a lot of people probably just know it by name alone. So I just wanted to give a bit of context. Um, this Chrono Trigger, you know, it came out on the SNES in 1995, as, as we said, but it's almost like the first supergroup game that I can remember where it, they made a point to say, okay, we're getting all these people, well-known people from, you know, these big titles and everything across different developers, and they're going to be working on this thing together. So they're what Square Core dubbed the Dream Team. So we had Hironobu Sakaguchi, basically the creator and father of Final Fantasy. We had Yuji Hori, who last week we said he won Lifetime Achievement Award at GDC, the creator of Enix's Dragon Quest series. And this was prior to Square Enix merging as well. Mm. We had Akira Toriyama, you know, Dragon Ball, and also the character designer of all the Dragon Quest games. And we also had, um, while Yasunori Mitsuda composed the majority of the game, he actually fell ill during development and we had Nobuo Uematsu come in to wrap up the soundtrack. So you could even consider him as, because, you know, he's obviously the Final Fantasy composer as well. Mm. So this big dream team... <laughs> what an amazing replacement. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Got to root this, someone in. <laughs> and this this massive dream team coming together for across Square and Enix as well as Akira Toriyama. Mm. Like, I have no idea, but... It wouldn't surprise me if this project was one of the big reasons why they ended up merging as well, because they basically, you know, they work together on these kind of projects. Because it, 
during back then, you know, a lot of people considered Square and Enix as competitors. So, but they were totally, yeah. And I'll also clarify um, something that I completely forgotten about because you hear Square and you hear SquareSoft. SquareSoft was like the American brand name, so ah. Square was the the Japanese. So yeah, it's um, Chrono Trigger. It's uh, I- one of the most well regarded. SNES games. And I think that's why, like, it was an amazing framing that you just did then. And I think that's why also it, it set a high expectation of, okay, we're pulling all these amazing people together, the marketing of the game. You know, these launches in Japan were massive. You know, they're still massive, but they were even bigger back then. Like, you literally had to change the date that they're releasing some of these games because, like, the Dragon Quest games were causing kids not to go to school and people not to go to work, right? Yeah, but, this this was actually the second best-selling game of that year in Japan, mm. only beaten by Dragon Quest V. And, and I, I guess, you I know, it's a so. really good framing for you because to me, and, you know, we'll go in how much we like it and final thoughts and what we didn't like, but it did live up to, like, the expectations of what a game like this could do and how it looks and the sound and the story and the optional endings and all this other kind of stuff. And I think that's why, you know, people regard this game as the greatest game of all time. You know, I think that that kind of like that context and that that psychology of people entering this game, they're like, hey, we're putting the bar really high. And then they're actually going over the top of it. Then people are like, wow, you know, you got to give them credit. So, yeah, it was really, really good context yeah. in there, Swinney. A fun, a fun tidbit as well. So people may have heard the name Ted Woolsey. So he was yeah, yeah, responsible yeah. for all the uh, translations, translations yeah. for a lot of Square games back then. He had one month to translate Whoa. Chrono Trigger. Oh my god, that, dude, that's one horrible. Month. One month. And it's like not just as simple as like I don't understand Japanese, but there's a lot of cultural references in gaming, especially Japanese games and you know, people go crazy on, you know, oh this is mistranslated because it really means this in this culture and all this other kind of crap, so But yeah, do you want to start off on things that we like swinging? Yeah, look, there's there's a lot to talk about here for mm. me. Um, I'll just frame this uh, that I've never been the biggest fan of Chrono Trigger. Um, I always respected it and appreciated for what it is. Um, but I first played this, and actually the only time I've played this, I think I did like a partial second playthrough, but it was all back in the 90s or late 90s when I played this. And I played it via emulation. This game never came out in, in Australia. Yeah, how crazy is that, right? And <laughs> I think the reason why at the time that it didn't floor me was some of those reasons still hold up now, but I am so glad I replayed this game because I really appreciate it so much more. Um, like at, at the time when I, the only, I guess, RPGs, JRPGs I'd played before I played Chrono Trigger was, um, I think like your Final Fantasy VI, Secret of Mana, Secret of Evermore, maybe Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, which is, you know, not a great game, but... Mm. Like, think about that. Then playing Chrono Trigger, I really didn't have much of a context of where the, that genre had gotten to and what this game actually did for it. But in terms of, I look, specific things, this game from a technical standpoint is just absolutely gorgeous. And it, it might not be the game that's pushing the SNES to its absolute limits, but it felt, felt like that for me when I was playing it, like, especially visually. This is just such a gorgeous, pretty game. And, like... Just even like have like on the screen at the moment and YouTube, we've got the overworld there. Like just the way they approach that stuff, it's just visually just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And there's so many. It's everything's extra. Like the battle effects and everything. Just still, everything's got so much 
so much to it, so much oomph to it. Even, for instance, like I think it was in the Ocean Palace level where you just have to cross a bridge. And they actually make you, they take they take you down a little elevator just to lower down and then you go back another elevator just to give the room a sense of depth. Normally, another RPG would just have you walk up. Yeah. You know, it's things like that that they just went the extra mile. And the B roll here is a really good example. It's it's tilted in an isometric, maybe 30 degrees. Hmm. Uh, the world, as opposed to the typical top, not top down, but sort of, I don't even know what, what angle you could describe it as in, in most standard RPGs. Whereas it's really cool. They sort of tilted at, uh, certain scenes that way. And there's even certain scenes that are tilted, so it's almost side on. Yeah. You know, the, some of the castle bits where you got to climb through through the walls and stuff. And I don't know a hell of a lot about the technicality of the SNES, but having seen a few videos about how games were produced for the system and how the tiling system worked and um, the, the way it was able to render things, this would actually have been really pushing how the mm. SNES did some of that stuff. Um, so it's it's quite... It would have been technologically advanced at the time, I'd imagine, for the for a system like the SNES as well. It may not it, seem like it, but I think it really was. Well, even in battles, because battles are turn-based, but they take place in the field now where the enemies are on screen with you, like you're in the level, even that presented challenges because if you think to the Final Fantasy games, which you know a lot of the people worked on this game were coming from those games, those are static sprites that you're yeah. taken away to another field. They actually mm. have to do all animations for all the enemies during battles. Um, there was so much that went into this. Yeah. And I don't want to move off. Well, like I want to loop back to that release point, like us playing it in Australia. Cause it's, it's quite crazy to think about cause people might, especially in Europe and uh, sorry, us like, oh, okay. Yeah. You didn't get it on the SNES, but you got it on PlayStation when they re-released it on PlayStation. It's like, no, we didn't get it then either. <laughs> like literally in Europe and Australia, legitimately the first time you could have played this game was 2009 when it got wow. released on the DS, which is just freaking crazy. Probably, <clears throat> for a lot of people, the best way to play the game, the DS version. I still prefer the SNES version, even though it's got some issues with it. Um, but yeah, like, going to the presentation, it's not my superstar. Like, it's not, like, what I love. Like, I much prefer the Final Fantasy VI style. But, you know, it's... It, it's one of those games where you look at it and you go, it's amazingly executed. Like throughout all the worlds, the levels, the, like, it's so distinct, the different, I guess in modern language, you call it like biomes, right? But like the different worlds are so distinct from each other. Like you, you, like even, you know, getting into the time traveling mechanic, like you do straight away know which era you're in, which is mm. like, sounds really easy, but it's actually so well executed um, that it doesn't matter where you are. You're like, okay, I know where I'm at now or I'm, you know, 65 million years ago or whatever it is and all this other kind of stuff. It's like, okay, like it's really, really clear. So well, largely there were a couple of instances where I wasn't quite sure exactly where I was in a certain timeline. Oh, okay. Interesting. Like the six, I, never I don't know that. if it was the 600 or the one. There's, no, it wasn't there's that two timelines that are pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's it was, that yeah, one. Yeah. The other ones are pretty distinctive. Yeah. Really, really yeah. distinctive, especially because you're talking about <laughs> millions of years. So we, we, we should but... check, like, have, have we all beaten the game? We haven't, we didn't I, even check in at the start. I haven't. I got pretty far into it. Where, where um, did you get up I to? I looked it up and I reckon maybe 80% of the way through. Because I, so I quite, to go on a very quick tangent, I quite liked the game. I never played it originally. Um, 
And by originally, I mean like you guys. I never played it back in the 90s or the early 2000s when it maybe was, I wouldn't say more relevant because these kind of games continue to exist. When you look at RPG Maker games, you look at all the Chemco stuff that you keep reviewing, Swinney. It's not like the genre died or anything like that. Um, But there would have been improvements since then. There would have been things that have happened in the industry, plus a shit ton of games that I've played ever since. So it's really hard to, like with all the other games we played, to put myself in the shoes of someone who played this back then. And back then it would have been amazing. But even now, I really enjoyed playing this. Um, mm. I mostly played it on my, um, my little <laughs> don't, don't start talking about it. Unless uh, we get sponsored from it. My little, my little DS. Uh, and and yeah, I just I absolutely love loved, loved what I played of the game. Mm. It did sort of get towards towards the end the world i'll admit at maybe like the 60 70 percent mark it got a little bit of it it became a little bit of a chore and especially because the story admittedly didn't really drive me that much i didn't i didn't get captivated by the story all that much at all to be honest well, while we'll come yeah i want to come back to that specific thing when we covered stuff we like because that's i have stuff to talk about that. yeah yeah okay interesting um, Don't come in the frame. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Sorry. What is this? What's my guy? It's like <laughs> I was like, what is that frying pan sound? And then he's got like, he's literally got like a frying pan. <laughs> okay, so right. to answer, your, to wait, answer wait, your... hang on, hang on. For people who are not watching the video, so. We're hearing, I was hearing a frying sound. I'm like, is that like Mike's house? Like there's a shower going on or something, right? Oh, sorry. And then I actually literally see a frying pan come into frame. <laughs> he's had, he's got like a sausage or something. It's hand delivered. No, it's not a sausage. I'm vegetarian. It's, um... You're a vegetarian now? Since when? I've been a vegetarian for a while. How long? Oh, I didn't know that. Anyway. <laughs> how long? Just say how long. I don't know. A year and a bit. No way. You know, really? I don't know. I thought I told you before no, because, you know. Not. Certain Definitely partner not. of yours. Yeah, yeah. My, Hank's the same way. So. Yeah, my whole family's yeah, been vegetarian apart from me. Wow. Mm. Okay, interesting. Anyway, Take sorry about over. the tangent. I didn't, yeah, didn't expect that. Yeah, so to answer your question, so I did beat this game again. I actually didn't know if I was going to beat the whole thing. I definitely wanted a refresher. I didn't realize how much I didn't remember about this game, so I'm very happy that I did play through it all. Yeah, yeah. So I beat it, but I didn't get one of the great endings. Um, and then I was looking at how to do that and I'm like, oh yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm okay. I'm satisfied. So, and what else did you want to touch on in the things that we liked when you look, you can't talk about Chrono Trigger without talking about the most, probably most famous part of the game, Go which is its soundtrack. Yes. Chrono Trigger has one of the most legendary soundtracks and it's, we mentioned before the fact that um, Itsuda actually fell ill, but he was responsible for the vast majority of the tracks in this game. And oh my god, these tracks! Like it's I, it's in definitely in my top ten game soundtracks. I wouldn't argue Whoa. if anyone's got it in their top five or top three All because time. it is probably one of them. Like I could sit there listen to each track, and I'm like, yes, each track is almost a banger, you know. Except you know, there's a couple like I'm not a big fan of Frog's theme, for instance, but. Like just the overall themes, the I think it's the um, Charles theme, Corridors of Time. These are just all-time legendary yeah. um, SNES music tracks, and 
it the big thing for me though is it actually elevates the entire game the soundtrack you know soundtrack is normally oh it's great but the rest of the game is is good as well to me it just the mood of the game is so the soundtrack is so important to that and if it was totally. any if it wasn't as good then it, i it definitely wouldn't be the same game for me so you know what like the one thing for me is and this is all subjective i think yeah the tracks and you're 100 percent right like so many of the tracks you listen through them and like damn man this is just like killer tracks like it's awesome kind of almost ambient music some of the music as well like you just put it on if you're working and stuff mm. i really didn't like the battle music in the game mm. and it really kind of like pissed me off. like it was just it's mm. too much and it's like one thing about battle music it's super hard to do it well like in a yeah. jrpg and like i can think through a lot of other jrpgs i'm like i it doesn't bother me at all it's almost like that's fine you want to get the sense of like, okay, the pace is picked up, all that kind of stuff. But there's something about it that's a bit grating. And it honestly kind of like put a bit of a pall over the whole soundtrack for me because it just, when I put it in my head, that's the thing I remember, the battle music straight away. But then if I start thinking about the other songs, I'm like, yeah, they're awesome. Like, like it is, you're right. It's definitely one of the best soundtracks. If that's the best thing about the game... For me, can we talk about the I'd time traveling stuff? Yeah. No, I was or... just going to say it's like I was going to talk about the battle system you just mentioned. No, I was just say it's it's if a lot of people say about Chrono Trigger, the soundtracks and often the thing that comes. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And Mike, you want to talk about the battle? system? Yeah, I was going to talk about the actual battle system because you just mentioned it. Um, it's I haven't played as many, uh, <laughs> nowhere near as many RPGs as you, Swinny. So you can correct me if well, I'm wrong. I don't think there's many people that it, have. So that's a pretty mood statement. But yeah, go that's on. true. That's very true. <laughs> so a few, a few. Two really cool distinctive things about the battle system that they have, because it obviously uses elements from other types of games with the the bars that fill in depending on the time, and you can change between weight and active mode as well. Um, but yeah, what, what is did really we all cool- play it at? Like I played it as active. Oh, I changed it. Oh, you I changed it. You cheat. I know. I always played weight. Oh, I was. I just you prefer the weight. I, I, it's so much days. easier playing as weight. No, I don't. I'm not actually a big fan of ATV. So I neither prefer- am I. <laughs> So I prefer weight because it puts it closer to a uh, standard turn base. That's why. I was yeah, thinking. same. People would like literally online go, I'll make the game easier by putting on weight. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. I, I refuse. I mean, the option. game was... It's I refuse. The game. the game... Yeah, it's always uh, easy mode. Speaking of difficulty, I did find the game was pretty easy. Mm. I It was weird yeah, compared weight. to just any of those games. It was way easier. I don't, I don't know if I've ever really died in that. Oh, no, I died against the um, the... The dude that trains you magic, I forget his name. Um, in the yeah, yeah, the of, trainer in the end of yeah, time. the trainer. He's killed me, but other than that, it's like you can, almost can't die in that game. Anyway, back to the no. If you're playing itself. as weight versus active, it makes a huge difference. But yeah, go probably on. a huge difference. Yeah. Um, but in in the the so two two awesome things. Number one is the fact that the actual enemies are in the world; they're visible. You know, you're going to run into an enemy because the enemy is right there in front of you. Mm. It's not like Final Fantasy where you're just walking around and all of a sudden, ah, oh, you get attacked by an invisible freaking whatever that's not on the map, it's not in front of you, it just randomly attacks you. Um, I like that. I like the idea that the enemies you bump into are actually there and you bump into them as opposed to just randomly generated per se. Um, the other thing that I thought was really cool and different to a lot of those types of games that I played is the synergy between the characters. And the fact that it encouraged you to play with a different character just to see what mm. synergies they have in terms of the um, the abilities 
to play with with two different characters. Um, and I experimented a bit with that, which I thought was really, really cool. And I don't know. I'm, I mean, I know other games have that to some extent in the sense that you use one character to debuff an enemy, let's say, and then you use another character to do something. But to actually see unique things happen when you combine two characters, mm. I don't remember that many games doing that. I mean, Swinney, over to you. Uh, whether that many other games that did, did a similar concept as that? Oh, look, there's definitely... JRPGs that do it but in terms of like your big name square style games um, no it's not that common this is definitely one of the most notable and earlier games mm. that had those like cross texts they're called the skills texts in this game yeah um, and it does it makes it feel really unique like at its core it is a to me it's a fun take on the ATB style system but it, it's it's a nice simple system that I think is is has enough depth to it that it doesn't get too boring but that that co- combining text as you said it makes every party makeup feel really different because it completely changes what options you have it's not like oh well everyone can do an attack everyone can do a heal it's like well t- two of these characters together are going to be able to do a big attack and I'm going to have to have that other person on healing, you know, and things like that. So I, you mentioned difficulty. I, this has to me one of the best difficulty curves in a classic RPG where it's challenging enough. And look, if you don't know the strategies for some of the bosses, you can die on them a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. generally speaking, like I, it's, it is considered a pretty, one of the easier classic RPGs, but that's not a bad thing. Like some of those were really punishing. I think this is, was a really great example of how to actually do that difficulty in one of those games and this is in particular a very almost japanese thing where you know they wanted x amount of hours out of these games like 50 hours 60 hours 40 hours something like that and putting grinding in the games it was like the way that they almost achieved that where like there's so many jrpgs where it's just like if you go through the game do everything do all the sort of side things as well you just can't get through it. Like it's it's near near impossible. Like you have to grind some levels at a minimum. Um, older, I find this one required older. That much. I'd, I'd say older. No, I'll just say older games. Yes, I, it's much better these days. Oh no, no, no not modern. Yeah. I'm sorry. I should yeah, be yeah. clear. I'm talking about nineties RPGs. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So th- this was very out of step from that, and uh, definitely the weight versus active makes a huge difference because I switched like just to try it, mm. and I'm like, this is significantly easier with turn. Like, like you know, forcing the turn. Because there were so many bosses that it was like, they're hitting me midway through and I know that mm. they wouldn't be able to, right? So from a strategy point of view, there's things you can do to almost prevent them from hitting you, like even like through that. But, I you feel know, like there were, but there, was, there were some bosses that were hitting me even though I was just waiting. It was in wait mode, but I was still getting hit by multiple attacks. It's, it's probably because works. there was a bit of a wind up when mm. they activated mm. so it actually still comes through, but... The funny thing to me is, so I actually played through the vast majority of this game with two of my characters on Berserk the entire time, <laughs> where they were just literally attacking and I couldn't control. So I only was on one character, and I actually awesome. thought it actually ended up being a really cool way. But That's then funny. I got stuck in one of the one of the first major boss battles against a major villain, where it's like you have to do certain elemental yes. things, yeah, 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 and yeah. I'm like. I'm going to try to get through this with these two bosses on the deck. <laughs> and I, it was a struggle, but I got there. That's but wow. it was that strategy did not work in the late game, but it was really fun for most of the game. Dude, that's that's exactly like me with Elden Ring, awesome. where I'm like, I'm going to use this first weapon that I get in the game from a boss, was like a mini boss, 
and I've refused to change, even though <laughs> like late in the game, it's a shit weapon to use. Now I've realized looking at the stats and stuff like that. Um, talking about the elemental stuff, I also like that as well in terms of, cause that was another layer with the battle system mm. where it really dis- it was disadvantage like disadvantageous to have two party members of the same element because like certain fights just didn't make sense to do that because it's also like some of the bosses and enemies would flip elements mm. and stuff like that so it's it actually made you consider it's like okay even if I want that character maybe I should pick another and then some of the characters like unless I fucked up the game didn't have elemental magic. So it was it was kind of cool, like it, you know, it kind of made you go, well, I, if I want elemental magic, I probably can't pick that character, but I like that character. It just like created like a nice trade off, is what any game system that excels does. Um, so yeah, from my perspective, yeah, I can't fault the battle system. Like it was really really cool. Look, I guess you, you're about to mention the time travel stuff. Yeah. So look. The way this game is all about time travel, surprise, surprise, but the fact the way that it works in the mechanics and the design of the game is really, really cool. Like, think back to, at this time, games, look, games may take some risks, but to, especially for a big RPG developer and publisher, to say, we're going to have a game that's all about moving between these time zones, having quests that impact other time zones, and you have to move back and forth. Like, there's some quests we have to move between, like, four different time zones and it's pretty like some of the steps are pretty crazy and i heard i was reading that it was a bit of a nightmare to bug test as well (laughs) um but just for instance like here's an example it's not really spoiler but there's you can leave you've got a robot companion right Mm. you can leave him back in a previous time zone to help plant trees and then come back thousands of years later and there's a shrine dedicated to him for being like you know like for saving the earth and stuff and that's just so cool like you didn't see that in these games back then yeah and i I don't want to like you know it's there's time travel there's multiple endings i don't want to spoil like how many endings there are but that to me like that's the most distinct thing of chrono trigger i remember like growing up and then more in australia was like people started playing it through emulation in the late 90s early 2000s and they're like, oh, this game's crazy. It's like, go check it out. It's got like so many endings and stuff like that. And this was before like this, you know, there's game FAQs, stuff like that, but it's still kind of an era where it's not like now where like Elden Ring comes out and then like one week later, everyone's like, this is all the endings. This is all the major secrets. And there's kind of cool things about that, but there's also cool things where it was a bit more mysterious. And that was always the most distinct thing for me, Swinney. Like, like with this game, more than the soundtrack, it was just like, how do they fit so many endings, so many branching paths, so much like engineering into something that's like four megabytes or like, yeah, four megabytes, I think. It's crazy and, when you think of it that way. And this is the, like, maybe they had one, but like this had a new game plus. Like, yeah, yeah like Square yeah, didn't yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, and just like, for instance, there's um there's a chapter you get to. It's just called the Faded Hour. So you know, but basically that's when a lot of the side content opens up to do with your party members mm. and that stuff. I didn't do all that stuff when I originally played the game, and when I I did that all this time, so I did all pretty much everything I could. Um, and that was probably m- my favorite content in the game. And I think that's you know gets mm. into when we talk about stuff we didn't like. It kind of I think that's why um I I felt 
a part was missing when I previously played it because that's actually where you learn a lot about his character's backstories and you're almost like their character arcs resolve. So, and that a lot of that involves moving between those time periods. So that's where that really shines for me. So, and I, I, yeah, I kind of love that about this game. It's there's so much shit there. It's like you know, I know I keep on talking about Elden Ring. It's topical, but you know, just like Elden Ring in terms of there's there's stuff that they're like put so much effort into and thinking and mapping out, and you probably argue maybe fifteen percent of people will see it. It's kind of like, I kind of love that. It's kind of sick, but there's something kind of beautiful about that in terms of like, you know, they just respect the art, you know, hmm. and it, that's what it's about. And they kind of don't give a fuck if people see it or not. They're like, are we going to put this masterpiece together? And that's it done. Like, it's up to you if you want to experience it all. So yeah, I love the whole branching endings and like, uh, like I could tell like when I was playing through the game, cause it was mostly blind when I was playing it. It was just like, Oh man, I feel like I've gone down certain paths. I I know you shared a clip with us yeah. when you, you hit an unfortunate like battle cycle that you couldn't get out of. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm, he doesn't have a certain party member. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. I'd say the way I play games, it's just like it must be bad because like <laughs> when I played Dark Souls, I was kind of like half blind, mostly blind. Like I was just trying to get through that game, right? No. And then like. I think, you know, uh, what's his name? Solaire, right? Yeah. Like, he got fucked up, like, late in that game. I got him, I, like, I think I did most of the stuff I needed to do, and then I fucked something it's up. It's so easy and... to screw that stuff up. Oh, okay. I do, not I, I do not blame you at all for Chrono Trigger no. because the, the situation we're talking about, which is pretty it, big difference between the endings and stuff. Yeah. You, if you don't have a, go, like, if you don't know how to do it, you're probably going to miss yeah, it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but Look, it's I, still cool. I still liked it. That's the weird yeah. thing about it. Like I was like, because that's the beauty of like having multiple endings and mm. you can stuff things up that it feels more meaningful. It feels like, oh, okay. And it resolves as opposed to like, you know, not that I've played it, but Mass Effect trilogy. It's like, you know, you stuff things up and then there's, there's an ending that makes sense for the stuff ups and stuff like that. So, so look, are we, do we want to get into some of the things we probably not as big a fan yeah, of? Or? Yeah, yeah. Why don't we do that? So I, and this does tie back to, I guess, one of the reasons why I wasn't so impressed with it back in the day was I wish this game had a main character. Like, you play as Chrono, but he, does, yeah. he is, he's basically Ooh, your party at the stars. I think the frog's the main Chrono, guy. Chrono is basically a piece of wood in this game. And mm. it's like, and it's by design, of course, but yeah. it does... I'm so used, I was so used to at that time. Again, I'd only played a few, but like having these main heroes that were just really interesting, and Chrono is just like nothing. And I don't know if it would make the game better to do that, but it's one of the things I didn't like personally. Um, and the story itself, this, so Mike, you'll mention this, that's why I wanted to kind of stop you because I knew we'd bring it up now. Is the <laughs> story damn. itself is a little average for me. I feel oh, there are okay. certain mm. points where it is interesting. Uh, and certain there are some like twists and turns that I quite like, especially later in the game, but um it's not the most in compelling story for me. So yeah, I that's one I think again one of the reasons why back then I'm like, uh, it just didn't feel like the most legendary game ever that people hyped it up. But I everything else now I appreciate so much more. Whereas the story I still feel just doesn't hit for me. Like there's big stakes, but there's also times when I'm like, it just feels like the characters are doing something that 
and they're wasting time, you know. So I don't yeah. know. Like maybe you guys didn't feel the same. But... No, well, I kind of felt. Yeah, I, I like before I go back to you, Mike. Like for me, it's so hard to extricate the story and the branching parts and yeah. the endings and you know like to me it's all like kind of one in the same so i'll probably rate it a bit higher but i mean I, like also the other thing is you know i'm not a story person in games so to me it's just yeah, like <laughs> oh, this is just dopey shit right like this is like dumb like stuff and you know i like go along with it i'm like but it's this it's super tropey this game's super... Like, I don't know. I think a lot of these games are super tropey. Oh, yeah. So... But this is also... Yeah, yeah. They also specifically wanted to inject a lot of Akira Toriyama's humor yeah. into this game. So that's why this is very... There's elements that are very much like Goku, you know, people yeah, yeah, are joking yeah. kind of stuff, you know. But I did feel the frog was the main character, which was kind of weird because it, it was kind of like the... I don't know, in my playthrough at least, almost the least impactful of the characters you play, but it did feel like from a, from archetypal perspective, it was the main character. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I totally agree with the point on the Marl was. thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there really was one. I mean, yeah, it was supposed to be Chrono, but being well, the silent protagonist is. that Just, he is. Yeah, it's the silent protagonist, it's, right? Like he said, he's a piece of wood. Yeah. There's yeah. A, a couple of other things for me. You guys obviously might not feel the same, mm. but, um, while the not having random battles is great, as you went further into the game, it basically almost was like you knew when the battles were coming, but they were unavoidable. You literally couldn't avoid them. And it made backtracking through some areas just annoying, oh, especially yeah. weak enemies where you're like, okay, I'm going to have to fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These yeah, yeah. Fight that happened to me a few road. times, yeah. There was just literally yeah, no way to really... my game on four speed or 16 speed Yeah, to, just avoid <laughs> those encounters. Yeah. Um, Sometimes on the overall map, I love the design, but sometimes it's hard to tell what you can enter and what you can't. You've got to like, yeah. until you know what they are, like you've, you're moving around trying to find a name to pop up. Small gripe, but it is again, like I'm. Mm. It, this is a game where, you know, the positive do outweigh the negatives. And I guess that leads into probably the last thing that I felt. Um, and this is a common thing amongst classic RPGs, but there are times when it's not exactly clear what you're meant oh, to do, yeah, where you're meant so. to go. And if you're not yes. following a walkthrough, and I did have to look some stuff up again, even though I played this 20 years ago, did I? it's very much sometimes you're like, oh, do I have to go back to the castle? And then yeah. I have to fight these five, ten, five battles of the way there, five battles on the way yeah, back. Yeah, like the I'm bloody done. soup part. Yeah, there's. it is very... It, but that's a common issue that's shared amongst these games, wow. but it is still, to me, a bit of a, a smudge on this game. But... Um, Look, if that's all I have to dislike about this game, then... Why can't it be more like Elden Ring, where you know exactly where you need to go next? (laughs) Yeah, you get to the ending and beat it. You're like, oh, shit, I'm at the ending. Um, Yeah, I didn't... I never felt like that with, like, a Zelda, right? And I know, like, Zelda's not an RPG, obviously. I don't know I keep bringing this bloody game up, but, I mean, these games are compared to against each other. I didn't feel like that with Final Fantasy VI. Like, I never felt really, like, so stuck in that game. And I'm not that good at these games. Wow, frig this game. There's no way I would have beaten this game if it did come out in Australia. Lucky it didn't. Because, like, I got stuck multiple times, and that's like when I had to look up, like, how do I get through this? Like, what Mm. the hell? Where? Because it's also got the other dimension of like, you could be going back in different time periods. So I'm like, fuck, am I supposed to go here or there? And And let's go around in circles for a bit. 
and you don't have easy access to that order all the time. No, so sometimes you no. might have to go through a whole area just to get back into the portal to then yeah, travel to another area that battles, way. Yeah. So you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to bother doing that until I've explored everything. So you spend ages walking around that area and then like, well, I have to go do it. And then, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know what happened to me? I was, I was jumping for joy and then I got stuck because I'm so fat. <laughs> I'm like, I literally am fucking <laughs> like, don't understand that joke. You know? <laughs> I, I don't know what you is still happening. still not understanding. I don't know. It's like, can you, never mind. Can, can you press that? Can you press that? It's magic, a your mom joke. Can you press that magic button that, that uh, turns it into a two-man show? Um, <laughs> I, I could. I've, 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 I've thought about You'll doing probably it. screw things up. Yeah, it right, could right. screw things okay. up. I almost okay, did it before right. when he did his it's, like. It's when I said cool joke. story break. When I said cool is, story break. I was your like, mom is so fat that when she jumped for joy, right, she got right. stuck. Okay, yeah, okay. That's is the there, joke. When you have to explain else, the joke, I used it on myself. Oh my god! Because I'm. Is there anything else you guys want to mention there, or do we want to wrap up? Look, like you know, this is the game because this is stuff I don't like. This is the game that made me realize I don't like JRPGs, <laughs> right? Because wow. I've played a few JRPGs and I really enjoyed them. Like Final Fantasy VI, I love. It's like one of my favorite games. But I think that's Final Fantasy VI. Like the more JRPGs I play, I'm just like, I don't know if I like these games, man. Like I, I played a bunch of Final Fantasy VII and I'm like, I'm fucking hating this game. Like Damn. I don't think it's a bad game. It just doesn't click with me. It's super mashed up styles. It's just like, uh, it's just, I'm not, not the enjoying original my time. Original 7? Original. Or the remake. Original. Yeah. original. Oh, wow. That's so, like top 10 games. Yeah. That's so like, interesting how it's different. Yeah. I think this game is so well executed. It's like, I can't criticize it. It's like soundtrack, design, flow, story, optionality, everything like that. All coming out in 1995 on like four megabytes. And Dude, I was just four like. Four megabytes, <sighs> by the way, is two seconds worth of this stream. Yeah, exactly. I, I just, yeah, I'm like, it's damn, nuts. this game has made me realize that I'm not an RPG guy. Like, I'm not a JRPG guy, so, you know, yeah, I know that makes you sad, Winnie. I know that was, we're not uh, going to be friends anymore. <laughs> are you talking, oh, so you're saying megabytes because it's a 32 megabit ROM card. Well, it's not not quite that, yeah, it's, the maths is a bit different, but it's yeah. it's a few seconds worth of the stream, really. Yeah. yeah, is it a 32 megabit cartridge? Megabit. Or? Yeah, yeah, that's four megabytes. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, four times eight, right? Oh wait, is that yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, I right. yeah, I just because I read that before, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, twelve um, seconds. Look, I think seconds. that's that's fair. Like it's not RPGs are one of the most trope-ridden genres you can possibly get outside of maybe dating sims, and if uh, that stuff, Disco Elysium. It's probably the only <laughs> what one. What is wrong different. with you? Why? I'm just saying like... it's not trope filled. If you want a non trope filled <laughs> okay. RPG. Okay. No, let me clarify JRPGs. I'm talking ah, about. Ah, JRPGs yeah. specifically. Yeah. 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 No, so, right. yeah. Um, <laughs> so if that stuff grinds your gears, then that yeah. genre is probably outside of maybe a couple of them, uh, mm. I'm probably never going to hit well with you. But it's interesting. And it's interesting when we come to talk about the last game that we have in, uh, in our list, <laughs> um, Earthbound. But Have you played just... Earthbound at all, Mike? No. Uh, yes. Sorry, I was gonna say no, but then I remembered I played about twenty minutes, which doesn't yeah. Count. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, just yeah. the last. Some... I just wanted to get the wrap up of Criteria yeah. because, um, so as I said, it's like coming back to this game was probably one of the biggest eye openers for me because I'd always been what I'd consider a bit of a Chrono Trigger hater. Like <laughs> in regards yeah. to like everyone considers it one of the greatest games of all time. It's, yeah, and totally do. This coming in and replaying this has made 
my thoughts around the winner for Game of Some Other Year. I don't Ooh. think we've even said Game of Some Other Year in this whole bloody segment. Yeah. Game of Some oh. Other Year, 1995. It's oh. made that decision a lot harder for me. And Ooh, I'm, I like that. That's why I'm really happy for this segment in that regard because yeah. it made me kind of realize that I've got a new, one of my, a new favorite SNES. Not favorite, but like a new favorite SNES Whoa. game. One of my favorites. To add to my favorites, yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll throw it a mic in a second, but I, like, I want to loop back to what I said in a weird way that playing this game now, because I didn't play it back in the day, playing it through. I, yeah, the two things I realized, I'm like, one, I'm not the biggest RPG, JRPG fan. Definitely not. It's not my thing. But at the same time, totally can see how people consider this the best game ever. And I know that sounds totally contradictory, but as I said, you know, if you're into that genre and that, you know, floats your boat, it's like, what is it missing? You know, to me, great characters, much, yeah. great art, great music, good pacing, doesn't really get boring, lots of options. Lots of stuff to do, replayability. So I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. Like, I never understood the whole Final Fantasy VI versus this game. I'm like, Final Fantasy VI destroys this game, but I didn't play it. And then having played it, I'm like, I personally prefer Final Fantasy VI, but I can see how people prefer this game. Like, and that's big for me because I love Final Fantasy hmm. VI. But Mike, what, what's your overall final I, thoughts I, on this game? I really enjoyed it. Um, what do you think, Splodge? You were sitting there watching me play it most of the time. I'm just bring, gonna bring I think we need a health check on, on Mike. Into the like, picture. So he had a stroke I or something. I think that, that week off, he must have been doing some... Uh, <laughs> yeah, some... There, there's, a subreddit, a stroke, there's a subreddit called Took Too Much. I think yeah, Mike's Took Too Much. <laughs> He's still flying. Took, took Too Much Cat. A week later. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I for, for what it is, again, I'm not a huge JRPG player either, but... For what it is, I, I actually really enjoyed the game. Um, spoken about the pros and cons, of course, so the story didn't drive me as much as I had hoped, but then the concepts behind it and the battle system and the time travel bit captured me enough and captivated me enough to continue playing it. So I, I really liked it, yeah. Can I just what? say, it's so hard to take you seriously when you're sitting Why? there stroking your pussy. Just like, <laughs> so ridiculous. All right, all right. Uh so, yes, we've got one more game in 1995, Game of Some Other Year, which is Earthbound. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'll be covering that next week, just to heads up. To <laughs> no. Um, probably not. Mike's not going to finish I it I will probably finish it this week if I can, oh. but, um, I mean, I was pretty far in, so, but, uh, I'm, yeah, it's... I'm struggling, man, because I'm like about 10, oh no, sorry, about 15 hours in, I think, and I'm... Th- like honestly going i might switch to playing it on the switch now which is going to put me all the way back to the start i don't know it's tough man it's really i find the game very hard to sit down and play in front of the tv because that's like how i'm playing it because it's on the super nt Mm. i'm I'm playing it on the uh the snes classic the uh mini console which has been great yeah yeah like so i'm playing in a similar way just like i guess through almost the original means but I just find it really hard to fit it in, like the way the game works and everything like that. Like it's not a pick up and go kind of game. So mm. whereas that's why it's so good on the Switch for me personally that I'm almost like, fuck, will I go back to square one? Maybe I will. I, kind I of just annoying, but... a warning for Mike that it's mm. the game. The game doesn't show its hands very early. It actually takes a while for the stuff to really 
so you can get party okay. members and stuff. So <laughs> I honestly think, Mike, I, I, I like, <laughs> you know how I was saying, I don't think you'll play like uh, Andromeda or anything like that. I feel like the chance of you beating this game, quite honestly, mm. is very okay, we'll low. See. We'll see. <laughs> very fucking low. We'll see. Like, I honestly think I might have to concede defeat on this game at some point. <laughs> like, and I, I'm very stubborn with this shit, so... All right, well, that wraps us up for Chrono Trigger. Excellent game. And it wraps us up for this week. Uh, and we can comfortably say, Swinny, that we are not going to be covering Chrono Trigger next week. <laughs> we've, we've fucking finally. done it. We've, we've fucking, fucking done it. finally done it. Finally, I've been moving that goddamn <laughs> segment from tab in our spreadsheet, run sheet, to oh, tab shit. to tab to that. I literally created the thumbnails for this segment two months ago, so I've just been <laughs> copying the links each time. We got it done. We got it done. (laughs) We got him, baby. (laughs) And we don't know what we're covering next week. I think, uh, what is it? Lego Star Wars comes out this week. Yeah, but you said you're probably not going to buy that. Well, you're going to buy it for the show, right? Uh... (laughs) No, I'm not going to buy that. Uh, yeah, I'll, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Know. We'll see what we maybe maybe we'll pull a, a cool segment out of the mothballs that we've uh, been. Yeah, let's do Who that. Knows. Let's commit Sorry. to that. Let's something to something that. fun that's not a review or not go soy. It's yeah. something like what game will Mike possibly beat this year, and <laughs> there'll be no candidates. Uh, and this, this, is the, this is the other thing I didn't consider maybe. actually. So yeah, next week let's 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 do some special segment, and then the week after that. I'm actually going to be in Melbourne. So oh. we're going to figure out what we're going to do. Are we going to do a live show oh, in person? Do a live yes. earth sound go soy, baby. Should we, we have, have to, yeah. an audience? <laughs> <laughs> Should we sell tickets and merch? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we'll have to figure that out. I haven't really planned it. So hmm, I'm not sure. I don't really even have a laptop. I'm not sure what we're going to do. I thought you said don't even have a life. <laughs> oh, God, what does that make me? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay, anyway, I know you've got to think of that offline, but uh, but yeah, that's uh, us for now. Uh, goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye, people. Uh, goodbye. <laughs>